Welcome to a special episode of Comic Talk, uh, the show brought to you by The Key, where we talk about the comics releases of the week. Now, that being said, normally we're on a Thursday, but we're here on a Saturday, or at least I think it's a Saturday. We're here to talk about the best comics of 2021, you know? Um, it's something that we can only do on January 1st, 2022, is, uh, you know, try to figure out what were comics like in 2021. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. I brought the best comic book-related TikTokers that I know, uh, the best ones out there, the creme de la creme, uh, onto this show. Let me introduce them real quick. We got Michael Mead. Michael, what's up, man? Hello. Thank you for having me on, as always, man. I love being on your shows. Uh, I love having you on the shows. So Thank keep you so being much. awesome, and I will keep... That is the plan uh, for 2022. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first on the list. Yeah, continue to be awesome. Continue being awesome. That, I mean, that's, the that's uh, what else can we, you know, that's all we can be. It's just try <laughs> to be true. awesome ourselves. Yeah. And then the rest hopefully will follow. But thank you, Michael, for coming on the show. Uh, uh, we also got Ambrosia Kett. Ambrosia, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? Doing great. Uh, uh, how's, uh, how's teaching the young minds of America? I've been on vacation, oh. so <laughs> I don't know yet. We'll find out. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see how much they forget come Monday. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, do you start back up on Monday? Yes. Okay. I'm not uh, ready. You have comic books in your in your um in your classroom, right? Yes, it's fabulous. I love it. They love it. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. Does the best comics of 2021, well, I'll ask you this later, but I'm okay. wondering if any of these, like, amazing comics stood out to you enough that you're like, okay, I'm going <gasps> to put it in my classroom. Yes, a thousand percent. Okay, we're going to talk about that soon, so uh, if there's any teachers out there watching or listening or anyone who has kids, definitely pay attention to that. Um, we also got Brian Long on the show. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing terrific. Happy to be here. Happy to talk about comics with everybody tonight. Just, yeah. Looking forward to the year ahead in comics in particular. Yeah. Uh, are you growing your beard back out again? <laughs> yes, it is on its way back. Uh, like a forest, I tend to purge my beard every so often so yeah. it can regrow stronger than ever before. Uh, so yes, it is slowly on its way back and uh, hopefully it won't be too long before it is back to full strength again. Do you, do you know the timing of your beard? Like, how well do you know yeah. your follicles? That's a great question. Um, it, it's it's unpredictable. It's not okay. something that it, it's not something that I plan for, or even the beard plans for. It's just I know it when it's time. Yeah, you know, it's it's a very sort of like mystical. Uh, it, it's a really like a, a transcendental kind of thing. I can't really explain it. It just okay. you just have to feel it. You know. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I've I've gotten more in touch with my follicles lately because. Oh wow! Great. Um, I, cause we, I had to do Snoopy and I had to be clean shaven for Snoopy and I had to time mm. it out be like, at what point does it show like that I hadn't clean shaven? And I'm thinking it's, around, <laughs> it's between days three and four where you're like, I'm seeing it there. All right. Uh, wow. But then it I also- you guys days. All right, cool. That's cool. That's cool. I can't grow a beard. I don't. Oh, okay. I wish I would, I would have the greatest beard right now if I could. I can't. This is, I just showed today, but it, usually before I, I need to, it's usually about maybe a month or two. Maybe a month, month or two before it starts seeing it. <laughs> I'm Sorry, Michael. Finger. I'm right there with you. 
I've been trying so hard. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm putting my finger in front of Michael's face right now, and I'm trying to see like what would a beard look like. It would look very impressive. I trust me. I've done enough Photoshop, weird photoshops to know. I would look very impressive. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Well, there's also my sister's wedding where my sister is like, she doesn't want me to have like a beard, beard, and I'm like, okay, what's the right thing? And so we figured out. We we came up with like, oh, a week, a week into it. So I'm like, so I have to shave today and then go to my sister's wedding part two. And then she's going to have my beard from a week to two week growth. That's the trip. Perfect. That's a sweet spot. It's, it's, you, her, it's her wedding. I gotta, I, I'll let her choose that. That's fine. That's you fine. are such a good big brother. Uh, more like if I wasn't a good big brother, then I would, wouldn't hear the end of it. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> let's, let's get talking about the best comics of 2021, shall we? Here we go. Uh, okay. Some of these characters have beards, and some of these don't. And some yeah. of them have sisters, <laughs> and some of them don't. We did learn that a big comic book character has a sister this year. We, we learned that. Oh, we did. Yes. Nightwing. Nightwing has yes. a sister. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Which is, oh, okay. I mean, that's my segue. <laughs> yes, we did. I didn't mean yes, for that we did. to be the segue. But Nightwing has a sister, you know, and uh, do you know that was uh, was it? Uh, Tom Taylor just uh, posted about that because uh, CBR's top one hundred listed his Nightwing made number one. His Nightwing did on, make number one. Yep, on his. I mean, his his Dark Knights of Steel and his Dark Ages were and his Superman were also on there, but his his Nightwing hit number one on the CBR top one hundred. Dang, good for him. Did, Very good. What for kind him. of list did you guys create? Did you guys create like a best five? Like, I know I gave the assignment out, but, like, you guys were already doing your own things and stuff. How did you guys break it down? Because we all read a lot of comics. So. Yeah, well, on on my TikTok, I have a list of my 10 favorites of the year, um, and that's my 10 favorites from a mix of companies. But what I tend to do when I make my favorites of the year list is I try to pick series that actually started in that year. Um, so like oh. if it's a comic that, you know, maybe it's a mini series and it ran its entire course from early 2021 to the end. Like, for example, Immortal Hulk is a book that just wrapped up this year, a book I really enjoy, but I wasn't going to put that on my 2021 list because that was a 50 issue series that started like four years ago. That's fair. So that tends to be my kind of arbitrary cutoff. Um, for tonight, I'm not going to lie. I kind of just made like a top five list for Marvel, for DC and for indies because I was like, oh. I want a myriad of things to talk about. Uh, so this is kind of my like raw uncut version of the list yeah where i had no rules except this was just comics that i enjoyed. right brian, brian long brian long raw and uncut live at the apollo <laughs> like this is exactly this exactly is, this is your 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 uh, time to shine man 18 um, and up only yeah this of course it's, it gonna get, it's gonna get raunchy i'll tell you that <laughs> please do I'll tell you that um, there was a lot of good comics this year, and maybe it's because we, we digested so much. Um, a quick question for you guys before we get into our picks. Did you guys digest more comics because you had Comic Talk to guest on? Like, did you feel forced or obligated to read more comics? I wouldn't say more, but to keep up with the comics more consistently. Because I found myself that I would fall off, like, I would get caught up with other things and then my to read pile would just get like higher yeah. um and so i'd be like no to me i'm on i need to know and so then like the need to be uh which it was like honestly it's helped me the best because it's just helped if my 
if my comic books are organized and if like I'm my life is more put together um I don't know if that makes sense for anyone yeah. else but like if if I'm caught up in reading then like everything goes smooth right. uh so I think it has actually helped me more stay consistent okay for me it's it's correlation not causation it's more like when my life is going to shit I fall behind on the comics that I read not if I read better comics it's a reverse effect my life just works out <laughs> maybe that's just like what I tell myself I don't know Whatever I also I mean, yeah I also think I have better days when my bed is put up but that there's no correlation to anything that actually <laughs> there might be a correlation with like oh you clean something you like clean your mind I don't know see and that's how I feel with comics like they're organized they're bag and boarded right. my life come on rainbows and butterflies right okay all right um, which is also why creating this list was so hard and why yeah. I I couldn't because I am the absolute worst critic in the world and I love something about like everything for a specific reason yeah and it's like so different but so i i suck and i can never be a critic at all because there's yeah. just so many like i don't know i try to find a positive in all of it and yeah. i'm like wow this wasn't good but i did like this yeah and i was talking to Ambrosia about this too like i i'm so more forgiving with the superhero like the dc the big two than i am with any other book i'm so much harder on the other but i i know that about myself it's a it's a nostalgia thing <laughs> i'm just into these guys so i when, when i'm really trying to like it's, I took this my my list very very seriously. I needed to take a step back from my my personal uh, bias when it came to all these stuff as much as I could, of course. Uh, and uh, but I usually am a little bit too too forgiving. I'm the same way. Like, oh my god, this was so good. And then I have a bunch of people like, are you serious? What about this? Like, well, yeah, that wasn't good. But right. did you read this part of it? You <laughs> yeah. know, like, well, or like, like okay, what? that issue sucked. But did you read yeah. like the follow <laughs> issue? Like, you but. did it as a whole, isn't it great? Uh, you know, like... There's the saying, there's the saying, right? Like you, you, you come for the king, you best not miss. Like DC <laughs> and Marvel have such a, like a hold on the industry that like, if you're an independent comic, like you have to be good. You like, if you're, if it's for longevity, if, if it's for like staying power, like invincible and walking dead, like lasting as long as they did. Kirkman, classic you, Kirkman. Right. Yes. You have to be good. You have to be next level. Right. And like, I, I know that like somebody mentioned a disappointing indie comic, but like, yeah, that's the thing. Indie comics are easily forgettable then. Right. To be remembered, you have to be amazing. Stray dogs. I'll, we can talk about it later, but like, uh. <laughs> you know, um, so let, let's get talking. It is about not a Disney book. <laughs> Don't let I it fool know. you. Yeah. Don't let it fool you. Oh, it right. fooled me. Um, uh, basically, uh, let's talk about our best series. We mentioned Nightwing. Who has Nightwing in their top five? Because uh, like, I have I... Nightwing in my top five. Sorry, I've been meaning to read it. I'm gonna get on it. <laughs> Shut, I've up. Been meaning... <laughs> Shut up! Oh <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, but no, I have. I, it's it's oh, funny, yeah. Michael, because like your TikToks, half of them are talking about how how cool the Nightwing story is, and then the other half is about Nightwing's butt. Like, well, I mean. <laughs> That's not me. I'm just spreading the already established gospel. Right. I'm. I'm not. Making, that's not my own personal point of view. You're that's just giving people what they want. It's that's the just right there. Right. Yeah. Right. That's just already there. Right. I think Captain America has officially been replaced with America's butt. <laughs> it's good. No, but seriously though, like from like a legitimately, 
Tom Taylor's Nightwing, if, if we're just going to start out, let's just start out then, I guess. Uh, yeah. Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo's Nightwing. Um, first off, if we're just taking it from a character point of view, refresh the character in a way that, like, either we were such at a low with Nightwing that anything would have been great, but, like, <laughs> I think this surpassed even that. Like, I, legitimately, I think this story takes the best parts of what Nightwing is about and, like, amplifies it, turns them up to 12. You know, yeah. like, it's you read Nightwing, you read Dick Grayson for his relationships with other people and who he and his 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 characterization to his character to who he is and what he represents towards trying to fight for good and justice. And that is all represented here. The character, his 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 friendships with uh, Barbara Gordon and his relationship with Barbara Gordon and Tim Drake and the town of Bloodhaven itself and Batman and Superman and everyone. Hundred percent, great book. Yeah. And, and not only that, it, it caps off the year with an issue. I, I'm blanking on the exact number, Michael, if you remember the number of the latest issue that just came out, I believe this, uh, in, dis, uh, in 87? December. 87? Yes. Uh, caps off with an issue that is a radical artistic experiment in the comic book art form, uh, which if anybody hasn't read it yet, the issue is a 32-page single panel where essentially what they did was they, if you were to take each individual page and rip it out of the comic and lay it out, you get but one single But please don't, please image. don't though. I, buy two copies, have yeah, buy two copies. and then okay, one to fine. rip all the pages that make one extensive page. Um, but it, it's an incredible achievement in sequential art. Like it, it is a, Bruno Redondo is doing, and he's not really an artist I was super familiar with. I think I had read his Suicide Squad with Tom Taylor. Oh, the this. art in that was amazing too. That awesome, guy, so well, he also yeah. did. He also did Deceased, or no, did he do one spinoff of Deceased? Not sure. I'm okay. I, so... Yeah, the, this and Nightwing are the only things I was really familiar with. But he is now truly an artist to watch. Uh, he is a superstar, and I think his career is only going to continue to elevate from here. But it, even if you haven't read the book at all, just pick up Nightwing '87 just to appreciate the artistic achievement of it. And you can. It's, truly... it's a one-shot story. Yeah. You don't need to know yeah. what's going on. Anything else? It's literally. It's just Nightwing about trying this. to save a dog. <laughs> That's Finally. all it is. And, and it's it's really incredible to see. It really is. Oh, he did Injustice. 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 Yes. Injustice. Okay. I don't know Another what Tom Taylor book. Yeah. Again, Tom Taylor. There you go. Yeah. They're like buds. Yeah. Yeah. They're great collaborators. And I, I think that this book and a few others on my favorites list are books that are addressing questions that I think people have always asked about superhero comics, but have rarely seen addressed on the page. Uh, in particular with Nightwing, addressing the fact that Bruce Wayne is a multimillionaire, billionaire, depending on which story you're reading, and he lives in a city that is riddled with crime, wouldn't he be more effective by writing checks to support Gotham's infrastructure rather than dressing up as a bat and punching people? And the Nightwing comic is really starting to address that question head on by having Dick Grayson take the fortune he's inherited from Alfred and say, how can I use this money to make the city better beyond just being a vigilante? Which I think is incredible. And I love that Tom yeah. Taylor's taking the time to explore that. I completely agree, 100%. Yeah. Um, I haven't Nightwing. been reading Nightwing, but everyone has, I, I got it for Christmas. So I'm really excited to read it. Not to oversell it. it. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay. I, I love it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think Night, Nightwing's literally like the kind that you could recommend to somebody. And what's kind of cool, especially about when we're talking the best of 2021, it's cool that like 
DC did like they finished off their like kind of whatever was previous. They did like a month of experimental shit, and then they started Infinite Frontier in what? March, April, April, March. right? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Because um, yeah. I think March was Future State, so they did all that. January, and... February, Future State. Was it? Yeah, January, February is Future State. March was probably March was the start of Infinite Frontier. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so it was like they got that all out of the way, and then like you could literally start any of those DC titles in in March, and if it's good, start there, and that's it. That's all you got. That's all you need. Yeah. And I think a one thing that I that DC did a little better this year than Marvel was I feel like there's a cohesive editorial strategy for DC, which with Infinite Frontier, where you have, like you said, Dimitri, a clear delineation and starting point for all of the books. And Marvel, there's a lot of Marvel stuff that I've really enjoyed, but it is Marvel stuff that I think has strengths because the individual creative teams are really good, okay. not because of a publishing wide initiative to say let's give all of our books a slate where new readers can jump on and and follow and um learn about these characters well that's that's my biggest thing too with with the two big companies if we're going to talk about something like that like i when it comes to dc they seem to have like a big focus on their universe while marvel like 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 exactly what you said they're big creators jonathan hickman donny cates um Al Ewing, like they're they're big and Sadarsky as well. Like they, they seem to be like, oh cool, yeah, we're all working on the same company. Anyways, I'm doing this, right? You know, like and, <laughs> yeah. And so they all have their individual things going on. And whenever there's a big story arc that happens, it seems that they have to pause everything else and like, oh, it mm. it doesn't make sense why all these characters that are doing their own things right here are just now focused on on this thing right here. That makes you know, right. It, it, so th- yes, I completely agree. Yeah, the big overarching universe seems to be more. Uh, on DC's mind than Marvel. Well, DC has messed up, like, in my opinion, messed up real bad in New 52, and that was 10 years ago. And then they tried to make it up in in Rebirth, but it still wasn't enough. They had to do Infinite Frontier, which is kind of a a reboot-ish kind of thing. And so, and I think DC as a whole has realized the strength of Superman and levity and hope and like that whole theme that they were missing for so long because there's justice where you're where you're punching bad guys and then there's justice where you're trying to make the world better and i feel like they did a tonal shift company-wide with all their media recently in the past year or two years i agree, I agree. and I don't know, and I could be reading into it too much, but I think that's something that as a whole we needed. I mean, like we are going through a pandemic and in a time where things feel hopeless or we don't know when things are going to be back to normal, that we needed heroes to show us the hope and to be that light that we are currently don't have in this angry world. Yeah, and you know what it is? You can't punch a pandemic. Yeah. Well, again, I hate to continue down Tom Taylor's run, like because that's kind of the big focus on his Superman run, and that was one of my. I couldn't pick a number one. I tied for my my number one, and that was one of the, one of the other ones that that tied for my number one was his Superman, just because it had such not only a big. Um, We're talking Son of Kal El. Son of Kal El, thank you. Okay, so we got Son Marvelous Johnny in the chat right now, and uh, Johnny also loves Son of Kal El. Oh yeah, that's great. in his top five. 
but uh, also on it, my list. It just it just had a huge impact, a social impact as well. I mean, yeah. it got people talking, it, which is a good thing. Um, it did bring out a lot of haters, uh, unfortunately, but uh, it was a very important step. And one of my big kind of like hopefuls for 2022 is that they they lean more into John Kent as like mainstream Superman. Um, I, I really enjoy what Tom Taylor is doing with the character. And that's one of the big things, what you mentioned before is like, you don't need to throw a punch. Why is Superman always just throwing punches all the time to save the day? I could just, you know, because most of the time, every, almost every issue when he was, when he solves the problem, John Kent in his issues, he never threw a punch. Like one issue, he just hugged the guy until he calmed down. Like you don't need to be fighting every time you can just, <laughs> de-escalate the situations he has all the power in the world he doesn't need to use it yeah that's that's also uh, the thing if you're really comfortable with yourself this is just in life you tend not to make too much noise you know what i mean um yeah my uh, mom once told me like a sri lankan proverb or whatever whatever i, I don't know it in its original language but it translates to like the jar that's half full makes more noise like when it's shaken and oh, like okay. like a full jar doesn't make as much noise when it's shaken you know and mm -hmm. so like a character like superman doesn't need to constantly posture about how strong he is he just <laughs> is yeah uh, speaking of that that theme uh there my favorite single issue of the year comes from the superman son of kal-el which was the annual where jonathan kent meets lex luthor and they Luthor challenges him to a chess match, and Superboy, Superboy, uh, Jonathan Kent beats him. And Luthor's like, "Um, okay, how did you do this?" He's like, "Well, before I came here, I flew to the library and I read a bunch of books about chess super fast. I also studied like every chess match you've ever been in, and I could tell what moves you were doing. And you were holding back, so I ended up beating you. Yeah. And it was just him like casually being like." Yeah, dude, like, I know you fought my dad, but you also underestimated me, so I'm going to outsmart you in this scenario. Uh, and then he picks up the giant LexCorp L and tells Luthor to take the L and flies away. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a great, so great one-shot issue, and I think really sums up what I've liked so much about Jonathan Kent, which, uh, Michael, I think you said perfectly, is that he is finding solutions to problems that don't require him to use violence, but is solving those problems in a very Superman way, which yeah. is doing cool things like reading a book super fast so that way he can figure out the solution to a problem. Yeah. Which is why I added that those that series into my classroom uh, for multiple reasons. So cool. Um, because, I mean, for one, there was, uh, I have a lot of students now who are, um, you know, I, middle school is an odd age. And so I actually have a lot of students who are uh, going by different names and pronouns. Um, and so they don't have a ton of uh, books or anything that has that representation. So, um, or even having the LGBTQ um, representation. And so even though it created such a roar um, with things, it, was good for them to see that just because you identify as one thing that's not your whole persona yeah yeah um something again that i hope will be we'll be able to release publicly is uh a google doc that we're trying to compile of uh educational uh works and that people can use in the classroom um teachers uh, uh, can, you know, 
can use in, in whatever age appropriate context. Um, and that's, you know, something that hopefully we can get out this year. Um, what, uh, uh, what's another, what's another book? Let's say, let's say Marvel. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm writing so many notes right now, but the <laughs> one that I know that I'm not going to change my mind on is Daredevil by Chip, Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. And although the run started, what, last year, maybe, uh, come on. It's such a solid it's incredible. Run. <laughs> it tied for my number one it tied with uh, it? Superman. yeah i would like it, especially the um uh, what's the storyline called the one where we get um the newest story where we get, oh, uh, devil's uh, reign like, no 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 not devil's oh. reign which is great it flaws yes. translates uh trans uh over flawlessly from his daredevil run but um uh the storyline right before it was the main story where like, when he was in uh, prison yeah it's, it's, i forget what it's called but that storyline particularly I loved because it has like three different stories going on at the same time. And what, what, um, what Matt's in jail for and what he's really trying to do while in there, like it's so important. I loved it. And then also taking Electra and making her uh, a new hero and what her, she's trying to do. And yeah. then also keeping true to her, like her background as well as, you know, as a person, like <laughs> I think was great um, as well. Plus her, her costume is so badass. Like I loved her Daredevil costume. Oh my gosh. And adding on to that, what this book has done is do things with the Kingpin that I never thought I would ever see, which is put the Kingpin in a position where he is on the defensive, where he is finally in a scenario where there are people with more power than him and he has to fight his way up uh, because he's always kind of been a literal very big fish in a small pond where New York was his territory. And as he moves into the world of you know, even just regional politics as mayor of New York and starts dealing with these uber wealthy uh, people and influencers and political powers, he realizes, oh, my tactics that I use against Spider-Man are not going to work against these people who have more money than God and don't care about the social norms that average everyday people have to live by. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Kingpin has kind of become a, a co-protagonist of the Daredevil comic in a way that's really interesting. It's weird because the Kingpin when dealing with these people of higher money than him, they're treating him like the way he was born. Because he wasn't yeah. born into money. So he's right. just a street kid from Hell's Kitchen and they treat him like a kid from Hell's Kitchen. Exactly. And it makes him furious, which is awesome <laughs> to see. Furious to a point where he just like snaps and kills someone. <laughs> well, that's what I was talking about the three different storylines going on, the Kingpin storyline as well. Like, yeah he has a reputation himself like he's he's a bit and they're still treating him like that and it's kind of like the the same thing about how like these these um these individuals with so much money that you know they don't know what to do with and that does that money represent power even like, like it's 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 a crazy it's a crazy uh crazy story and i loved all three of them all every character in this book had a great amount like just enough time on it you didn't feel like they they needed more uh attention or even less attention like it was everyone was very the story is extremely balanced yeah mm -hmm. yeah um such a crazy book i don't know where devil's reign is going to be going but 
I'm excited for Devil's Rejects. Right. Yeah. Brian, like your 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 uh your video you put on TikTok about it, like is exactly what I was thinking about it. So like thank you so much for bringing that yeah, better Luke words Cage than I would. Mayor. Yeah, I like, love that. And then, oh, <laughs> I oh. would love to see them really follow through on that and have that be the next sort of move forward for Luke Cage as a character. I think yeah. that would be a really cool direction to go in. Um, but I, I'm not the person who came up with this uh this pithy uh, quip about Devil's Reign, but someone has referred to it as Civil War. If it was good, and I definitely agree yeah. with that. Uh, it's definitely agree Civil with War, that yeah. summation. Yeah, yeah. It's Civil War, it. but less blockbustery because Civil War yes. has a lot of like blockbuster type action scenes, and this one doesn't. It's more political. Mm -hmm. A lot yeah. more character driven too, because it is the the heroes being targeted in New York City specifically, yeah. uh, the home base for so many of them, and because of that, it feels a lot more intimate and a lot more personal for a lot of them than I think Civil War did, which, as yeah. you said, was a much bigger scale than this book. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Um, does it, any other uh, uh, series of note? Because there's a lot of series out there. I've been I... Like, I... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Ambrosia. Um, I said for one of mine, and I, I might be the only one, I don't know. Um, I said Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow. I love mm. that series uh, because I think, I don't know, we haven't had a what if series in a really long time. Um, and I think like it just so many questions. It was like a dark Spider-Man. Um, we got great characters in there. I loved that series and I wanted it to continue. It was ridiculously good. It did, Jim Zadarsky, it he don't miss. He don't yeah, miss. It was a mini series. Oh, okay. Um, because it was just like, it was uh, a what if, because you know how what if series used to only be like a one, a single shot or a one shot? Yeah. Um, yeah. This one was like if a what if in five issues. So it was really cool. Yeah. Like we got a, like a full story, like more than just like a glimpse of it. Um, but yeah, I I loved that because I don't know, you would always want to know like what if Peter Parker actually became Venom and let like the the bad overtake Adam. I loved that one. And speaking as someone who is allergic to Venom. The fact that I really loved that story, I think, speaks to how good it is. Wait, and what, what do you mean you're allergic to, to Venom? I just don't like Venom. Yeah, sure, <laughs> he, sure, sure. he does nothing for, and this, and this is not me trying to yuck anyone's yum. I know a lot of people like him, but it just like, it doesn't work for me, uh, like as a solo character or anything. Uh, but the fact that I enjoyed that story as much as I did supports your point, Ambrosia, that it is a, a really well done story. And I love that Chip Zdarsky has openly said like he's not going to ever write the main Amazing Spider-Man title because he doesn't want to deal with the fan expectations of that. But I like that he'll just like come in and do these quick little Spider-Man stories like Life Story, uh, yeah. which had a great annual this year that was just focused on J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Um, and he'll just like do these mic drop Spider-Man stories that are some of the best Spider-Man comics I've ever read. He just does mic drop uh, stories in general, man. Yeah. He just came out of <laughs> yeah, nowhere and just did sure. this Justice League run for no publicity. Just like, oh yeah, just Chips and Darcy's on a Justice League run now, by the way. Like, it's <laughs> whatever. Like, he's crazy. Um, yeah. I, he's Marvelous Johnny out there says that him and Brian are in the same boat as Venom. Uh, I'm I, in the same boat as Brian as yeah, Venom. Yeah, save us a seat. Because uh, Venom is not my favorite <laughs> at all. I feel and like... I'm over here like... I love Venom. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Like, I just feel like there's a couple of characters out there that are definitely edgelord like kind of characters. Like it was those kids, and maybe it's just a bad taste in my mouth, but there was those kids growing up who yeah. used to be like 
Batman's lame. Spider-Man's lame. Superman's lame. I love Venom and Lobo and Spawn and like Punisher because <laughs> they kill people. That's so funny because, like, I'm the opposite. No, no, no. I love them all. I'm like, guys, let's just have, like, like, let's just, like, can we just hug it out? Like, I don't understand. Like, why do we have to kill it? Just hug it out. And then here I am, like, did you see Carnage? There wasn't enough blood. (laughs) Hate that series. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think, okay, like, I wasn't a huge Punisher fan. And even, like, he hasn't really always been my, like, he wasn't my favorite at all. Um, and it's still probably like my eh, it's Punisher, but I don't know. Like maybe it's just because I'm such like a Spidey diehard, and like I just there's so many stories with them. I don't know. He's like he's like my if I ever had an older brother, he'd be like my mean older brother. Yeah, I, I've never been a like he's like my least favorite like, yeah, Marvel exactly. hero. Hero, I use that very very liberally. Um, just because I never maybe it's because I never really understood his uh the the his uh kind of like worldview i guess mm-hmm. um he's so black and white that it, it frustrates me um where punisher just lives in this world of black and white with literally no grays and it, to me that seems very boring but especially from a storytelling point of view uh whenever he gets i've read quite a bit of punisher series and there's a couple that he gets very close uh like there's this one series a long time ago that he like falls he's trying to infiltrate this mob but he falls in love with the mobster's daughter and and he's trying to rescue her and get her out from underneath the the, the father and then says oh maybe he's gonna change and go with her nope he was literally just using her to get to the father where he kills her and no. just walks away from her yeah and they, like in the entire story is he's like he's like it seems like he's falling in love with her too and they have like this back and forth and it's really just to get closer to the mom he's such a sociopath i know i just threw the book out. i was like are you serious i can't even i I think if more venom fans were like ambrosia though i'd probably hate venom less because i do agree (laughs) to be true there are certain characters where the fan base uh punisher in particular has certain fans that uh have really poisoned that well for me and yeah. marvel comics it seems uh due to recent announcements about the punisher's logo um, oh. <laughs> if, if i could uh propose a, a gear switching here because Ooh, yeah. discussing spawn made me think of this um crossover by donny cates from image comics yes uh, which which opens the first issue with the quote from tom mcfarland kids love chains uh, so I want to just briefly give a shout out to Crossover. If anyone's not reading Crossover, it is definitely a comic book where if you are really into the inside baseball of comics and you have an understanding of like indie comics in particular, this book will be a hoot for you because it's basically who framed Roger Rabbit for indie comics where you get cameos from Madman, you get cameos from uh, Chip Zdarsky as he appeared in the comic book Sex Criminals who meets the real Chip Zdarsky, and they go on an adventure together. Uh, you get Brian Michael Bendis's uh, detectives from the comic book Powers. Mm, uh, Brian Michael a great Bendis. Scene, yeah. Leading to a great scene where they go, are we going to do the Bendis thing? What Bendis thing? And then you turn the page, it's a splash page of just dialogue back and forth going across the entire yeah. page. It's a delight. And like every time I would try to like, besides like you peeps, besides like, I would try to have like conversations with people about crossover and they're like, yeah, I read a couple issues and I just like, didn't like it. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> because like, I, was, I told Michael about this at issue one, I just like lost it. Like reading like the end page and um, you know, Donnie's like- His letter. His letter, yeah. And I just like cried because I'm like, this, this was meant for me. Um, and like, I didn't understand 
why people didn't like it. But then thinking about it, if you don't keep up with like some of like, if you didn't know some of like the um, uh, inside jokes ish that were in there, then it would be hard to be like, okay, I don't, I don't get it. So I was like, okay, I get it. But guys, have you like read it, read it? Because it's so good. (laughs) Every time you look at it, it's there's just so much more to it. Like, I, yeah, I, Ambrose, just to get off what, uh, what you were saying, to feed off with that, yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's, it's. You can tell that Donny Cates, first off, was an avid collector. Was he's super into comics. He loves this stuff from beginning to end. He's been following forever. And that letter, especially, like, brought a tear to my eye just because I was like, he gets me, he gets me. And so, like, <laughs> that's kind of the his like love letter to and the comics was this is this crossover, and everything about it is just feeding my nostalgia factor and like every twist and turn is classic comic book-esque the paneling the art like the storytelling you don't know what where is coming from where like it's it's such a cool book especially especially if you are just like a comic collector that's just if, loves if you're, if you're a comic book nerd yeah um <laughs> it also was like if i ever have a daughter i'm gonna name her ellipses ellipses <laughs> it's just so cute Good book. Thank you for bringing that up, Brian. Yeah, that's who such a good writes, book, man. Who writes uh, crossover? Donny Donny Case. Okay, okay. Uh, Johnny's over there in the comments saying Venom definitely worked when Kate did stuff with him when it was Agent Venom. I love um, our commanders, Agent Venom. Oh, and then Johnny gosh. says, unpopular opinion, Bendis has become a writer who's lost a lot of his touch. Um, I is that unpopular? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, a sadly, assessment. Yeah. That's a yeah. fair assessment. That being he created said, Miles, and then it was kind of like... Mm. No, yeah, like 2000s Bendis? Awesome. You could do no wrong. You're saying uh, 20 years ago is, is essentially... <laughs> like, like the decade, from 20, 2000 to like 2013, 14? Like right. He, it's because that's where Miles came in. Like, that was, like, that's probably his last big achievement. Like, yeah. And I would even Miles. say he has a tendency, I think, to start really strong and then lose a lot of momentum. Oh. I, I really liked... I really liked his Superman stuff when he first started with DC, um, but it kind of just lost me after a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah. He he has good ideas and he can start really strong in places, but he loses momentum. And I don't like him writing cosmic stuff. Keep him street level. Yeah, I'm the more street level he writes the better. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. Like, uh, if it was three months ago, four months ago. I would include Justice League in my in my like top, but mm. again, that's Bendis. That's Bendis. Uh... Oh, okay. Uh, that's Bendis uh, written, but lately it has not been good, and I'm sorry for that. I I literally only pick up Justice League for the Justice League Dark backup story nowadays, uh, which is Ram V, which is great. He's a big surprise uh, writer. That surprised me through this year. He has been like, yeah. yes, he has done some. I think he like, uh, I mean, you know how there's like some random polls that like my like comic book groups will do and stuff. And he was with one of the groups I was in. He was voted like the top writer of the year, or, like the underdog well, of the so, year. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, he's got two books that are on my best of list. Which ones? Uh, so the first one would be Swamp Thing, um, which is, uh, as someone who is a huge fan of like Alan Moore Swamp Thing and really just like 90s Vertigo stuff in general, um, it's one of the first Swamp Thing books that I've read post Alan Moore that really feels like you have tapped in really well to 
what those Vertigo 90s books were about. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the Scott Snyder run uh, in the New 52, but this feels like that sort of, I've picked up something that is weird and interesting and, and bringing in ideas that are typically not discussed in uh, mainstream superhero comic books. Um, the art by Mike Perkins is also just stunning and breathtaking. Um, I really love that. And then the other book is uh, a mini series that he did for Boom Studios called The Many Deaths of Layla Starr. Yes. Which, uh, an achievement. Um, I think that's going to be one of those comics that people put on those lists of like, these are comics you should read if you don't like comics, right? It's yeah. going to be one of those books that I think is just talked about for years and years to come. Um, for those who don't know, the premise is essentially uh, the goddess of death finds out that soon humanity is going to find the cure for death essentially and will be able to live forever and she is fired from the pantheon that she works for um and she is then sent to earth and inhabits the body of a mortal woman named layla star and each issue is the woman layla star dying but because she's possessed by the goddess of death she comes back to life so it's her jumping ahead of time and trying to find the person who is going to cure death and hopefully stop him from doing it so she can continue her career uh and it is a an excellent comic uh, beautiful art on that book beautiful too beautiful story. art yeah it's fantastic absolutely. that's 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 interesting i didn't know the premise until right now you should read it it's mm -hmm. really good it's a good one uh i think like the trade back is coming out soon because i have that on pre-order so yeah pick yep. up the trade back did you brendan and did you read the new the new swamp the jeff lemire swamp thing the first issue i missed out on picking it up this week mm. um how do you please like do. it? Is it good? Please do. It's ridiculously <laughs> it brutal. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal in such a good way. And I love that you, you mentioned the old school Vertigo. Like, I was just thinking about this the yeah. other day. I miss Vertigo so much. Like, I, I love old school Vertigo books. Like, they're so weird, but like extremely well-written weird. And it's, totally. it's really cool. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Sorry, that was well, an old school uh, tangent. Something that, something that was on my list, speaking of Vertigo, is um, Karen Berger, who was the, is, she is 90s Vertigo. Like she was yeah. the editor who brought over Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore, uh, Grant Morrison, all those folks. And she's now an editor at Dark Horse, um, where she does, uh, a couple books that she's done recently are Seeds by Anna Senti and David Aha. If you were mad that David Aha wasn't getting paid for Hawkeye, uh, go pick up Seeds because he will get paid for that. It's a creator-owned book, yep. um, which is this strange post-apocalyptic book about aliens that come to Earth and one of them falls in love with a journalist uh, and their Superman? like weird relationship. <laughs> no, because it's like an alien, like a big headed, big eyed alien. Oh, thing. okay. And, uh, yeah, it's great. It's cool. Yeah, it's exactly. a good book. It's a good book. Yeah, I really liked that book. Uh, Invisible Kingdom by G. Willow Wilson, other books. So if you're if you're missing those 90s Vertigo books, Rom V stuff and the burger books at Dark Horse are definitely ways to kind of get that fix if you're looking for it. Okay. Completely right. agree. Yep. Uh, anyone else got uh, anything in their top five? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, for Marvel, if we're talking about Marvel, I I read I loved Beta Ray Bill as my number two pick. Yeah, Ooh, yes. as a yes. mini as a series, right? Mm -hmm. Wait, mm -hmm. are are we doing anything in a specific order? Not no. really. I mean, the, the the order in my brain wants it to be like yes, 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 order, <laughs> order, order. order. <laughs> and also, like we're jumping around, so at the end we can we can the uh, wrap it up. And if, if you write, if you write, like if you know your list, we can go over the list at the end, but we can jump around. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. 
Beta Ray Bill was a good miniseries. It was so good. It made me cry. It made now, me cry. It is, it is emotional, and it is also the comic book personification of fantasy art painted on the side of a van. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. It's like brutal. just it's brutal emotional, brutal, brutal, incredible violent. action. Oh. Uh, it is just like everything you want from a Beta Ray Bill comic where you're like, this is a space horse with the power of a Norse god. What kind of adventures would he go on? And Beta Ray Bill as a comic delivers on that beautifully. Uh, love that book. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson. No, it yeah. was a good one. It definitely like it grabs your heart, and I think I don't know. I think those are some of my favorites that just like touch you. Totally, yeah, so sad. I, 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 that book was so good. Um, every issue, there was something new that was hurting Bill, and I was like, "No, Bill, you're, you're such a good guy. No, <laughs> yeah. no, like, what are you doing?" Um, and it was yeah, that was that's my number two pick, and the the art is just phenomenal. It it's very. Um, I don't know. It, it reminds me of like a better Paul Pope, in my opinion. Like I, I like I like that I like that stuff quite a bit. It's very indie feel, but it it had a mainstream point, and I like that a lot. It really is a perfect book because you get the emotional moments, but you also get those like I'm dumb and I want to see explosions moments too. Uh, well, yeah, when you have the executioner, like, oh, like, the, the yeah. executioner getting a gun that's so big it takes a double page spread yeah. to show how big the gun is. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. The executioner was also done really well too. Like yes. he was fun. <laughs> yeah, no, he was good. Yeah. He, there, there, he wanted to be bros with Bill so bad. Yeah. They were bros. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, that's a great comic to pick up because Daniel Warren Johnson just drew Beta Ray Bill doing straight up like wrestling moves in that <laughs> comic book. He's like suplexing people and doing all kinds of stuff. It's terrific. Uh, Beta Ray Bill was good. I'm having trouble keeping track of all the miniseries because miniseries come and go. I can keep track of like what's every month. But like what sure. were like what were like some really good miniseries that came and went? Beta Ray Bill is one of them. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, I, I, before we get too far down this, I'm curious to hear people's thoughts on this. I have found, and I want to know what, if this is true for you guys, looking at my list, I found I read a lot more mini series from DC and a lot more ongoing series from Marvel. But that's also DC's really DC has a lot of mini series because they don't, they've yeah. been doing a lot of limited series, right? Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, it makes me, I don't know, it, I guess it just depends because there's some that I desperately want more and then others I'm really glad that they're over. Um, <laughs> but also, I, it reminds me of like a TV show. I don't know. I, I, mm. I enjoy them. Um, As a collector, it also drives me crazy though uh, because then like there are some like dividers that I have that only have like two issues in there. Yeah, that, I don't know. That bothers I, I, me. I, I agree. I, I, I like the, I love miniseries. I'll pick them up all the time, but I, I'm a, I'm just a collector at heart too. Like I like that whole side of comic books as well. Uh, so it, it, I like the big ongoing runs. I like that. I like that mm. stuff. I like the connecting stories. Like I was saying before, I like the, before we started, um, Brent, I like the big universe aspect of it. So sure. big ongoing ones. I love, I just, but I just read everything anyway. So I'm reading half my book is half my books. I pick up our miniseries. So yeah, it's, right, it's, it's a thing, but to answer your question specifically, I don't think I gravitate more towards them. I just buy a lot of things. <laughs> just buy a lot of mm. comics in general. So. Do you yeah, think, yeah. 
miniseries are good for like beginner readers. Um, for those who may not know where to start, it's like, here's a quick little series. If you like right. it, let's look into this. Or like, I don't know, it's a good gateway. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I I really like Demon Days. Oh, uh, Demon Days has been interesting. It's been a collection of one shots, right? So yeah, but like they series. all kind of like go together. Yeah. So um, I just. Peach Momoko, uh, her artwork is just beautiful. Um, the whole like concept, um, I think is really beautiful and something that we haven't really seen in a really, or I've never seen anything quite like this. So I think it was incredibly unique. Um, I wish that they weren't as spread out because like, ooh, they come out like every four months. I wish that they would have come out like more, um, consecutively but um i i enjoyed that series yeah no it's, it's um, a beautiful it's a beautiful book He's um, a talented artist it's always nice when we read a book that resonates with us that like you know what i mean like it's not necessarily for everyone mm -hmm. but like if it's special for you then it's special for you kind of like i mean brian you know and, and we always talk about like yeah we're not trying to yuck anyone's yum there's like so many comics out there if you want the edgier shit, go for it, you know? It. Um, um, that's not necessarily my cup of tea, though I do like certain things. But, like, uh, there's so much out there. There are comics for everyone. So if you, as long as you like the medium of sequential art, you will find the genre and stories to go along with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. And, yeah, I think that's what... Uh, it's the whole, like, the whole beauty of our little community is that everyone is into, like, something different for the most part. And so um, just finding what is right for you. And I think that's why I will never critique a comic because something that I love, someone else is going to hate and vice versa. And I will, I never want to rain on their parade. And I never want to, like, ruin that or, like, uh, have them feel, like, negative about, like, any comments that I say over right. a comic book that I didn't enjoy. So like, I think that's also why I'm such a hard critique because I never want them to take it personally because sometimes we take comics so personally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a thing that we were taught in improv because I, you know, I, I did improv for years upon years upon years is that like, you can't critique someone's choice. You can critique their technique on maybe extrapolating ideas from that choice or whatnot. But like, you can't critique a choice you know sure sure so that's it's like i try to take that into effect like like spider-man no way home was not the choice i would have made but they went 10 out of 10 on their choice <laughs> and i was like all right awesome great movie because of that right uh venom let's there let there be carnage <laughs> made a choice and i don't think they I don't <laughs> made think a choice that's a good way to put that they made a choice and i don't think they made they a went, choice went uh to where they should have gone i don't think a lot of choice. people felt, yeah i, I think know? a lot of people felt that way yeah. um but like on that note uh one comic that i really enjoyed that i, I don't hear a lot of like two i think that mini series that i enjoyed that okay maybe three mm, can i just play them all out there before yeah. i forget yeah. Yeah. okay i loved modok that was just like a fun, like just a brainless, like it was just it was just fun. Were you talking about the cartoon? No, the the miniseries. There was the, a book miniseries. Did I yeah. miss it? 
Yeah, it was like a short like five and it was actually written by the uh, creators of the show. Oh, okay. um, so Patton Oswalt and uh, who's the other guy? Mm, I think Jordan Bloom. Yes, Jaden Bloom. Jordan Bloom, oh, sorry. Okay. And they both were the producers of Modoc, the TV show. Yeah. So I thought that was a ton of fun. Um, it was so good seeing um, Silk again. Yeah. Because uh, we hadn't seen her in a while. And yeah. then last one is Taskmaster. Again, mm. that was just another fun one. I didn't read sure. Taskmaster. I read Silk, but I didn't read Taskmaster. I like, I like Silk ones. Yeah. Silk's, good. Good. Silk's good because like she's like an quote unquote old soul because she's been sheltered. Literally <laughs> sheltered. And her and J. Jonah Jameson getting along is super fun. <laughs> there, the whole sure. relationship between like her and everyone else is just uh quite comical like the therapist uh just like all of it i thought uh it was good we haven't seen that in a while yeah yeah um i wanna i wanna i i figured out my five picks but i'll just i'll go on another uh uh i don't know are you guys reading x-men who's reading x-men it's really hard to keep keep track of who is and who's not um, I'm not. I think everyone else is but me. Yeah, I love all of the X-Men stuff. I love all that, but that started a couple years ago, right? And like with this new direction of X-Men, and I'm for it. I'm reading all of that stuff. I'm I am on it, but I Ooh. think the standout title to me, uh, and I don't think you guys are going to agree with this one. Um, the standout title to me for the X-Men line that made my top five is Sword. Oh, I agree with you. That one's phenomenal. Sword. I know Hellions is might be one of your Oh, it's guys's. great. That was no, that was like, also good. Sword, Sword to me is yeah. my number one X-Men title right now. At least for Al Ewing should be writing all the space books for Marvel. I think he's doing a phenomenal job in that sphere. Yeah. yeah. And Sword really shows that so well. What is it you like so much about Sword to Sword, thanks for asking, Brian. Um <laughs> Sword it uh it deals with um, something I loved in the first issue is that they had, like, Krakoa and, and their government, or whatever you want to call it, has kept track of all these mutants that they're all classified by 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 uh, uh, powers and by who's the most powerful in that, like, category. And so S.W.O.R.D. has to run on a couple of different power sets and then they have backups for it. So it was this crazy, like, commodifying a person, which is sucky in real life, but also, like, if this is kind of cool... In a way, they're like, okay, we need a technopath. Who's the best technopath? And then you have like Cortez being like, I'm the I'm <laughs> the only guy with this power set. I'm un like, you can't get rid of me. I can do whatever I want. And they're like, well, actually, we found someone. So see ya. And like, they get rid of him. And he's like, no, 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 no. And like, they're like, Sword does a lot of things really good. Um, and like, uh, uh. I like that. I like the political nature of, of Sword. Um, and recently, I like I I love the Shi'ar Imperial Guard. Sure. And Gladiator. Like I want them in a in a in like Guardians Three. Like I need the Shi'ar <laughs> Empire in Guardians Three. Like yeah, could that handle a Superman clone? Like like that... oh, can you just can you imagine if the Shi'ar were the were the villains? Like oh man, like I want that. I want that bad, and they get wrecked in two two issues ago. Like they get yeah. wrecked. Yeah. And it's gruesome and horrible, and 
it ends really well because sword just ended because they're doing yes. like a, like re, they're retitling everything next yeah. year for x-men and yeah. so yeah. for dawn of what's x gonna happen yeah. but like Testing. I think that sort is what's becoming that X-Men Red book because yeah. the red for, for Mars, the red planet. Oh, shit. Okay. Araco is. Yeah, and I'm pretty yeah. sure Ewing's writing that one. So I think okay. you'll get your sword goodness. But yeah, I, I agree with you. The The space politics aspect of it was not something I was expecting it to be a direction to go in, but it is so fun seeing the way Al Ewing has taken all these different Marvel uh, space races and put them together and said like all right how does abigail brand manipulate and politic her way through all of this it's basically like house of cards in space so yeah if that sounds appealing to anybody out there watching or listening that's definitely a book to uh to check out and then you have going back to what you said about the x-books being great the fabian cortez plot gets picked up in what is probably one of my favorite marvel miniseries is way of x yeah which oh, sure, i thought sure. was just like a beautiful emotionally potent uh x-men story about forgiveness and faith and what that means in this new world yeah. that the x-men have built for themselves yeah I, I think i don't i want that i want there to be more with that too like one of my favorite issues of the X-Men series, like issue seven or eight or something, when Cyclops and Nightcrawler were having this discussion about what is a soul now, yeah. uh, you know, that yeah. they, what is death to them anymore. And right. so, and it's it's so fitting to have Nightcrawler be the person to discuss that because he's like this devout Catholic. And so he has, um, I was kind of hoping they would touch more on that in the way of X. I liked that series. I think they, they uh, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that, that that's done yet, especially with, with what's going on. And I think there's, I think the X-Men are going to be into some serious trouble coming up next year. I'm very, very <laughs> especially, especially as after the end of Inferno, like, Oh yeah. yeah. Like blew my mind guys. Well, I mean, Inferno's not over, right? There's still, oh, no, last issue comes out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, was it? I thought four was the last one. Well, oh, that's crazy. There's more to it. Let's see what happens, I guess, then. Uh, like, three was the last one that came out, and four is coming out in a couple of weeks. I oh, do, never mind. I, never mind. One of, <laughs> one of my, I, I my top mind, yeah. miniseries, one of my top miniseries of this year is Inferno. I wish Trial of Magneto would get there, but it's not. It's nowhere even close. Yeah. Trial Magneto oh, no. messed up big time. It, that was my one of my biggest ex, uh, downfalls. And I'm sorry, I, I, I get the books early. I, I finished Inferno. I'm sorry. Oh, no! I was going to say, you have some real ta- you have some uh, realtor, realtor retailer secrets, it's don't you, nuts. Michael? It's nuts. Like, Michael, you are luck. Your destiny right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I won't talk about that. Don't worry about that. This whole timeline's gonna get reset. Uh, Michael. uh, No, I'm not saying. Anyways, Trial of Magneto. uh, (laughs) Trial of Magneto starts off. I thought it was okay first issue, and and the final issue kind of made up for a little bit. But the rest, I agree with you. It was a waste. It was a. It was a huge waste. Yeah. The first off, they changed like artists too, and like it was a. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but that's not a huge thing as long as the story's really good. And I was kind of hoping, like I don't know, maybe it's a fanboy me. Like I was hoping they would bring Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch back into the mutantum. I thought that was what they were trying to do with the series. But they didn't do that at all. Yeah, it was was kind of a half measure. Yeah, it was kind of a half measure ultimately. That's very unsatisfying. Yeah, and and the way the mutant community just like automatically accepted it again, like the entirety of of Hickman's X Men run so far, they would always throw in like, oh yeah, she's the the fake one, like the the person that ruined us all. You know? Mm. Yeah, the pretender. And then all of a sudden she's she's cool now. Like she's the redeemer now. But I think it's because of and again it's some super convoluted thing that I still have to I have to reread it to kind of figure it out again. But she essentially linked all of mutantdom of time 
like yes. so that you can yeah. bring so you can bring the souls of yes. mutants that died before the protocols like were yes. active. Yes. yes. So like Thunderbird comes back who didn't need to come back, but I'm interested to see what they do with the original Thunderbird. But we're talking mutants that got deep power during M Day couldn't be brought back originally, but now they can. If there's no backup for Xavier's uh, Cerebro machine. I thought they were automatically being back without their permission. Somewhere. Yeah, I think the time, I'm a little confused on the time frame as well, Dimitri, but you are right that the idea is that whatever the the demarcation line was where there weren't backups is now no longer an issue thanks to Scarlet Witch's magic. Yeah. Right. But they could bring back like ancient Arthurian mutants, technically, right? Sounds cool. Sure, Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, there is a there is a Knight, Knights of X book right coming out too. The, uh, yeah, maybe Knights that's X? that's what I'm. Yeah. What are the different X books coming out? Because I I'm trying, like I was purposely not looking too far into it. There's but, like, Knights Knights of X, which is the uh, I think the Excalibur. Fight. I think it's gonna be Excalibur. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, I did not like Excalibur. By the way, the whole Excalibur. Excalibur is okay. It's like, I like I, I like that stuff. Yeah, miss. it's not for it depends everybody. Depends on how much you're into that. Like, you don't like fantasy X Men though. I feel like we've talked I, about this. Well, I, I, we've talked about this. I don't like magic with my X Men. I like certain yeah. characters using magic, like magic, like magic. <laughs> I don't need Arthurian. By the way, I I I am so tired of Arthurian legend. I'm so tired of it. The they literally thing. designed a book that you would hate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. but especially because they're taking up most of my favorite X-Men. Like, right, right. They're not on other titles. And it's like, come on. Yeah. Like, I could care There's... less about Captain Britain. I can care right. less. Like, I, I don't care. Uh, yeah. And so Arthurian, the only, the only comic book character of Arthurian legend that I liked is Etrigan. Oh, sure. Yeah, he's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah he rules. Good. Other than that, I don't need Arthurian legend in my shit. I don't need that <laughs> fantasy stuff. I'm fine with fantasy, uh, but eh, it's not me. Well, then there's also Immortal the, X-Men. Yeah, Immortal X-Men, which is the Kieran Gillen Quiet Council book. Oh, okay. Yeah, ah. that's going to be good. <laughs> there's one with Juggernaut and Black Tom, right? That's the that's the Way of X follow-up. Yeah. I forget the name of it off the top of my head. It's something of X, but that's going to be the, the Way of X follow-up book, I think. Yeah, I'm very excited for all these X-Men books. Yeah. And then there's that Sabretooth book coming out. I know, the Sabretooth. Cool. He's the first I'm prisoner of Krakoa. Like, yeah. what, what's been going on? It's, oh, I'm very excited for the Sabretooth book. It's I really feel like I need to get my shit hardcore. together and start reading the past year of X-Men. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's like not a whole lot. It's just a book or two. Like, it's there, fine. No, I, like, the stack is, like, staring at me every time <laughs> I go to bed. It's like, all my X-Men books are, like... <laughs> like it's a lot and i think i'm so intimidated by it like i don't i have to go back and reorganize Ooh. um legion of x is, legion of x, is that's the legionnaires team or legionaries yeah. either legionaries legionaires or... legionaires okay um but i'm looking at it we got immortal x-men we got marauders we got x-force marauders and x-force coming back makes sense knights of x okay X-Men, uh, obvious, Legion of X, Wolverine, obviously back, New Mutants, obviously back, X-Men Red. Yeah. It's going to be good. Looking forward to it. It's going to be good, yeah. Friday. I'm very excited for the future of X-Men. Yeah. The yeah. Um, 
if we could, you know, we're talking a little bit about books that resonated with us. Um, yeah. I wanted to just briefly talk about while we're on the subject of Al Ewing and Space X-Men, uh, Sword crossed over with his Guardians of the Galaxy run, which I think was a criminally underrated book. Oh, yeah. Uh, I oh, the really loved his Guardians of the Galaxy, that which was ended book. this year. Yeah. Yeah, and it ended this year, which I was really disappointed about. I hope whenever they reboot it, Ewing comes back, because I think he did a really good job of blending the original 2000s Abnett and Lanning Guardians tone with the more contemporary James Gunn style yeah. of the Guardians that I feel like every writer of the Guardians has been trying to kind of emulate. Yeah. He did a good job of merging those two and giving it its own unique voice without feeling like he was just trying to copy something. Yeah. Um, and that's been, that was just a phenomenal book. It, it deals with mental health issues in a really interesting way where Nova starts going to therapy and he grapples oh. with that. Um, there's a story that. where Peter Quill uh, becomes a being of higher consciousness by traveling through the houses of the Zodiac and becomes a pansexual. It's incredible. Everybody should read Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a phenomenal book. It's good. Yeah, the characterization on all of them. Like they bring, they, he adds so much to each of the characters that I didn't think you could need or even if they needed to need. And yeah. he does it yeah. flawlessly. It's really, really good. Also, you got Punk Groot, right? That gets yes, <laughs> Groot with the mohawk. Yes, Groot with, Groot with the mohawk. With all we need. You know, yeah, uh, that was a good run. See, I forget about that because it ended a couple months ago, so it's kind of hard to keep track sometimes. Well, and right, then yeah. even though Aluine didn't start it this year, but Immortal Hulk cool. was fabulous that as well. Up, yeah. Yes, that finished up this year, and then so Johnny good. Cates is writing. Hulk right now, which I also really enjoyed. Right on, So, yep. Yeah. Um, um, Guardians was good. Sword crossed over with that. Uh, was the Hellfire Gala this year? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes it was. Wow, it yeah, was. that was this year. That was this year, too, yeah. I find, I, I liked that series, that, that crossover, that big X-Men event, a lot better than X of Swords, Ten of Swords. Like, oh, of course. Yeah, of course. I like I, I was looking forward to Exorcist for like for a long time when it was yeah. first announced. I thought it was gonna be cool, and I, I had no idea what it's about, but it looked fun. And uh, then it went 22, 25 issues between everything, right. and <laughs> like I don't know when you only needed to read the first issue, the the one shot issues, the first one shot, the middle one shot, and the last one shot to really understand everything. And it just seemed like a lot, and really nothing came out of it. But Hellfire Gala was really cool because it just went through the books that were already going. You know, like you didn't need to pick up everything else. Like this is just, it, and you didn't need to read every single one, which I liked too. Like you could read every single one and get get what's going on because you see the different characters in the background and their stories going on. But if you read just a couple and read the very last last one, you understand the story. And so I think right. that was really, really fun. Marvel's been doing that a lot lately, right? They've been doing an alpha and an omega and then whatever's in between, you could take it or leave it, right? I mean, yeah. that was definitely for the Carnage one. That Carnage, but then X-Men, yeah. uh, X of Swords had, like, stasis and, like... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's had the three issues. Yeah. The beginning one shot, the middle one shot, and the end one shot. Right, and you don't have to, like, pay attention to, to the rest. Um, yeah, except for the 22 other issues that you need to read. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I read anyway, because, of course, I'm going to read it. Like, I know, I do, too. X-Men. Just... Like, I got it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, th I think they've done a... They're doing a better job of being, like, or Death of Doctor Strange, I think, is another good example where you get like the core miniseries, and then there are maybe these like tie-in one-shots or minis 
but they keep it out of the mainline title so you yeah. don't end up in an X of Swords situation where you feel like I have to pick up this random issue of New Mutants because I want to understand everything else that's going on in this crossover. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but Marvel is like such a hit and miss with that because there are some that do a really good job that tie into the main totally. storyline and then others that you're like, what the fuck? Like, what was what the fuck, <laughs> Ambrosia? Um, a lot of it was like the King and Black series. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, What was one in particular? Ugh, Spider-Woman in the King and Black series. Over it. It was, yeah. I could not, yeah. like Jessica Drew in there. No, she was a total... Biosh. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, so I, I saw a ton. And then in the, was it uh, Reborn, Marvel's Reborn, or uh, oh, yeah. oh, Heroes, oh, Heroes Reborn. Heroes Reborn. Heroes Reborn. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, some of those were just. Uh, Heroes Reborn was a bunch of one shots, and it was like a waste. I don't know why. I, uh, <laughs> I don't either. And no. the thing is, is I'm really frustrated with them using Blade as this, like, for all these one-shots. Uh, and sure. he's, like, I don't know. And then him just being, like, meh. I don't know. If you're Blade gonna deserves use his Blade, own title. Yes, if you're going to use Blade as much as you do, he needs his own title. Yeah. Yeah. So I keep, like, waiting for them to, like, bring up when he has his own title, because they used him a lot, I feel like, in a lot of the mini like He's very prominent on Jason Aaron's Avengers team. Right I was going to say, yes. And he does that, have he's still side-plot. You know, well, I, I don't know. I he like I, I agree with everything what everyone's saying right now. Yeah, he needs his own series. I he's he's, he's pretty f- f- pretty forward on on the on the his Avengers team, but like that's that's kind of what Heroes Reborn was, unfortunately. Like you had to have been. It's it's just because Jason Aaron's Avengers run paused during this. It was just Jason Aaron's Avengers run. Yeah, it was. Right. I was very confused as to why they structured it that way. Why? It Me too. I was very disappointed. By it. I was looking forward of- to it. Avengers. It seemed like a House of M, but for Avengers. Right, That's right. what they, they made it play as, but yeah, didn't turn out like that at all. Because um, I'm going to stand for, for Jason Ayer's Avengers. I have it on my list, and the note I put is, parentheses, everyone hates it but me. Because people talk bad about it. Jason Aaron's Avengers constantly, it. but I think it is just like a blast. Uh, yeah. He is just throwing so many ideas at the table, and it feels like what an Avengers comic should be, which is... We're just getting all of these weird glimpses of the Marvel universe and getting these big blockbuster stories month in and month out. The first story where Blade joined the team where it was a vampire civil war was a, such a fun story. Um, the the current one? story, the Moon Knight one, where it was Moon Knight versus the Avengers yeah. was awesome. Uh, the current story arc with this multiversal threat, a uh, multiversal masters of evil that's been built up I'm is liking just so that. wild. I'm liking that, but it's too, it's too soon that I can't say that it's on my show sure, in 2021. Yeah. But Avengers Forever seems cool. Like I read I'm the first yeah. I don't I really know, like that. Michael, Michael, have you finished Avengers Forever? Yes. No, I think like into the future because you got. Oh, it. oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I was gonna say yeah. The first issue was, was good. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, all thirty-seven here. issues were yeah, great. All thirty-seven issues great. Yeah. I can't wait for you guys to talk about it. I'm trying yeah. not to make like slip anything right now. But um, I liked. I love Jason Aaron's run on Avengers. First off, because you can pick up any of the trade. It's its own story. Like yes. Like it's really. You don't need to read the entire thing. You can. It's really good. It connects yeah. very well. But like. If you just want to read a cool vampire story, like we were saying, vampire story, cool. If you want to read the Moon Knight story, just pick up that trade. And it's a yeah. cool Avengers Moon Knight story. Like, I think that's a really cool idea. I, it's the most powerful team, first off, I've seen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the, like, it has 
the biggest powerhouses in, in, in Marvel and the same. So that's really fun. But yeah, I don't think it's meant to be anything too deep. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the the criticism which people give to it, which I'm kind of like, sure, but I, I go for depth more like the individual solo books. If exactly. I'm picking up Avengers, exactly. I kind of just want fun, dumb superhero action. And it delivers on that. So if, I'm actually the opposite when it comes to the X-Men, actually. I like when the big team-up books. I'm, I'm sure. not a, like, X-Men, for me, would like work better together than individually. Mm-hmm. Like, not to say that there's not great individual stories. Of course there are. But like... I think I love the Avengers as like a, as like a, just like a big service level book. And then they can get sure. more deep in their individual characters, like what you were saying, Brian. But with X-Men, it's the exact opposite. I well, love and when I they think get deep for the to... big group characters. Sure. And I think that has to do with the fact that X-Men were designed as a team. Yeah, you exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus Avengers where it's like, let's take these individuals, put them together. Yeah. Whereas X-Men has always been a team-centered book. And then I can just get a Wolverine book, which is very surface level. He's just tearing <laughs> it up, you know? Yeah. Like, cool, exactly. go Wolverine, go! Yeah. Talk about Wolverine being surface level. The reason two issues is, hey, I'm Wolverine. I got an adamantium surfboard and I fell in love with a, a villain <laughs> surfer girl. Great. Yeah. yeah. And she steals. Why baby. not? And she steals baby. Let him, like let him go. Let him <laughs> let him love Dimitri. Let, let him let him be. Uh, an adamantium surfboard. Is that the first time we've ever seen Wolverine surf? Like, I don't remember ever seeing him surf. I don't know. It's such a weird thing. It'd be like randomly Colossus rollerblades. Like, why like That'd be great. He's been alive so long, he must have picked up surfing something. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. it's crazy that they have this like super rare metal just enough to keep because because was it uh uh um what's his face has a whole vat Forge. of it right? Force. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Has a whole vat of this extremely rare metal now. Yeah. Like adamantium is just now a thing that's just over. I mean, to be fair, Krakoa has everything they want, it and is, that's yeah. why they're mm-hmm. expanding so much. Is because like in the current storyline, it's like. They don't. They have their new anti magic metal, right? Isn't like what's it called? That they, oh, it, it's called is something. This the, is it? Uh, it's out of Hellfire Gala. I feel like it's. Is it? It's not Mysterium, is it? It might it's, be Mysterium. It, it's the stuff from space, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that. It's like DC's Nth metal, right? Kind of. Yeah. 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 It is Mysterium, yeah. and uh, basically they're using that to create alliances galactic wide, right? Because right. all those other people want Mysterium. So it's like, let's create a metal, a unique meta material condensed from certain exotic particles. The recipe is need to know, but Earth's mutants are the <laughs> only ones who can currently create it. That's what Adam Brand says. So, but see, that's, 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 that's what I'm talking about. That was my, one of my big predictions for 2022 is that the X-Men are just going to do something that's just going to create an even bigger divide between them and the rest of the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe. Something, they have so much power. Like, and they're not even showing it now because yeah, they, they obviously can don't death doesn't control them. They have a, a medicine that cures almost all diseases. They have this now like anti-magic metal, right? Yeah. They like they're becoming such powerhouses and that this is what's gonna stop them. This is why I'm so thrilled that they decided to not go through with the original plan of having Inferno be the end of this Krakoa era. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because Was I, that think, the original I think I think the original, well, I think Inferno was probably going to come out maybe like further down the line. Yeah. But I think Jonathan, I think they just decided like, we really like doing this. And I think yeah. Jonathan Hickman's got other Marvel projects he's going to be working on soon. At least that's what he said in interviews. Um, and I think he decided let's do Inferno now 
as kind of like end of act one and then we move into act two right um, he, he, he wrote like yeah he has he wrote the first part of it and he said he wrote like a, a, a third act and then whatever they wanted to do with the second one he'll tie it in eventually but whenever they want to get to that third act he, he has it ready to go yeah 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 so i'm glad they're saying like let's continue on with this because i think the status quo is so interesting and there's so much more material you could get out of it yeah. uh, that they barely even scratch the surface of. yeah um i don't know what endgame is for krakoa and i'm trying to kind of figure it out we haven't gotten any notice from like any gods of death to be like oh yeah by the way you <laughs> are actually dying there's <laughs> I think I so I personally think there's multiple variants of dead mutants, and there's going to be like like there only one will survive at the end, and we're going to get this weird pick and choose after Krakoa of like what version of Cyclops do we want, you know, what sure. version mm -hmm. of Storm? That's what I think because they've died so many times. There's multiple variants just hanging around in heaven or hell or purgatory or whatever. Well, there's also the interesting question of. There was one X book, I've read like so many of them and now they're all blending together in my brain. I want to say it was maybe Way of X or maybe it was from the end of, maybe it was in the first issue of Inferno, but someone kind of proposes this idea of if the mutants are able to die and be reborn, have they now stagnated their evolution? Like if the X-Men are supposed to be the next stage of evolution, if you could just reboot yourself over and over you're no longer needing to evolve you are so there's no survival of the fittest exactly exactly yeah. because you've now eliminated the need for that therefore your species will not change and evolve as the generations go on yeah versus say the machines and nimrod and all those things which are literally evolving. they're fighting for survival so, exactly so there's been this kind of interesting reversal where the x-men have now become this dominant force and now these other species like the machines the ai are subjugated or fighting for survival, like you said, in the way the X-Men used to. So right. I, I wonder if that's kind of how this could potentially fall apart for them because they realize we're ultimately not going to evolve and become what we're supposed to be. Right. I don't know. X-Men wild out there and we don't have to <laughs> dive too much more into that. Um, what about these, uh, there's been a bunch of different mini series and I'm sure not limited series, but like mini series, are we I getting think? into indie books? Because I have a couple of indie books. Let's talk books some indie books. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got? My number five pick was uh, Barbaric. I love yeah. that book like crazy. Barbaric was so good. It caught me by surprise. I thought it was just gonna be a fun book, but it's extremely well written. The characters are phenomenal. The book is just hardcore to the max. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. The the last issue just caught me off guard as well. Like I, all these twists and turns. Like. I didn't see coming and which is really really fun especially when he's like talking to the god and his axe is hilarious and like it's just such a what fun is, book what's it about it's this character it's this barbarian that's like which just just goes out and destroys and conquers everything but he's cursed he has to now do good like he has to go out in the world and do good and <laughs> yeah, he can only kill people if there's a morally justifiable moral justifiable way to do it okay. and he has to and he has to he has this uh his his trusty axe whose name axe and he has this bloodlust he gets drunk off blood and so he's always trying to go get some more and he's really he's really fun too and it's just it's just a crazy series i'm so glad they're bringing it back next year too i'm super right. yeah. it's just three issues it's really really good yeah yeah I, I really like that book. It's a fun deconstruction of the like Conan the Barbarian archetype. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just a hoot. It's a really one of the variants is even Conan number one 
Yes, yes. Recreating the Marvel Coded Number One book. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you like D and D kind of stuff, if you're into that, that's definitely a book worth checking out. It's very fun. Okay. All right. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to one of my favorite books of the year, which is The Good Asian. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. I've only read a couple of issues. Uh, Ambrosia, what do you? What, that yeah, that is actually it's almost done at this point i think i think it's a 10 issue and i think issue number seven or eight was the most recent one yes so um, i'm like super yeah. behind i'm only on issue like four or five <laughs> um but overall i have enjoyed uh i didn't know what to expect from it um but i was recommended i think it was ugh, someone on your show dimitri um uh, probably manny probably manny yeah but uh because i'm typically like the uh i go off of artwork a lot too if i like the artwork and the artwork wasn't like it wasn't my favorite and same with like department of truth but the story behind it was so good yeah 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 even though i'm behind on the good asian uh but the story behind it and same with like department of truth i'm not a fan of the art but it fits it like fits with the story which makes it so good yeah, it's uh, so the premise for anybody watching who doesn't know is a, a detective in, uh, I believe it's post World War Two, if I'm remembering correctly. So the pre or post World War Two um, in San Diego's uh, Chinatown. He's the first Asian detective. Pre, I think it's pre uh, World War Two. Pre, okay. Uh, it was uh, like 1935-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pre World yeah. War Two. Um, he's uh, the first Asian detective in America, fictional. Uh, not in the real world, um, but he is investigating a uh, the murder, not the murder, the disappearance of his adopted father's uh, Asian housekeeper. Um, and the book does a really phenomenal job of exploring racial identity in America. Like, what does it mean to be classified as a race? And what does that mean if you, in the case of this main character, are raised by someone who's a different race than you? How does that affect your sense of self and the way you see yourself and the way other people see you? Um, It's also incredibly well-researched. The individual issues have a lot of really great historical material about things like the um, Chinese Exclusion Act and Mm -hmm. uh, all of the different anti-Asian sentiments that were going on in America in the early 20th century. Um, Just Phenomenal book. If you like hard-boiled detective fiction, definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, I need to finish it. So Yeah, it's a good book. You should. It's real good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I also really enjoyed uh, Black Cotton, which oh, was... Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, like, it's alternate reality where uh, the white are the minority, and so a lot of those uh, racial questions come up. I don't know. Uh, super good uh original idea yeah um okay question this is from a couple years ago there was a cal exit uh comic right yeah where where california leaves united states did that ever go anywhere i only read one issue of it (laughs) i never read it but i remember seeing it around i mean yeah it was very small i think it was like either like three or four issues i mean sure i guess it did no, it didn't go anywhere past that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. That's just a side question. I was like, it just reminded me the black cotton thing. I was like, oh, these like there's certain premises that are very timely, and they like mm-hmm. can really only come out now for whatever reason, you know. And it's yeah. like, oh, it's the zeitgeist, you know. Well, there was a there was an interesting comic that came out from the same company actually. Um, I think Black Mask Comics um was the uh, company that for 
colleagues it was uh uh black it was like what if only uh black people got superpowers how okay, would yeah. the world deal with that yeah um and the new the newest miniseries that came out of that was called white and it's and it's showing like idea of what would you know the um white community think about that going yeah. forward and uh it was a very interesting take on on that kind of dichotomy so it's right fun. Um, and then just to throw out some couple that I know that we've all kind of talked about, uh, something's killing the children, oh, uh, stray dogs, mm. the, you love the dark, didn't you guys oh, yes. you love the dark was my number four, it's my number four, okay, you, you should, Dimitri, that yeah, you should, it's fun, the house, at the end of the world, what's <gasps> what's the what's that one called? What's... Uh, the last uh... House of Slaughter. No, 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 no. Uh, it's DC Black Label. Uh, the nice house. Oh, on the, the lake. house. The nice, nice house, house on the lake. lake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was so good. Nice, too. nice house of the lake. I love that we're kind of living in a horror comic book renaissance. Me uh, too, man. Me too. Screw you, Frederick Wortham. I hope you're in hell. <laughs> uh, but. But uh, I love that we're living in a horror comic renaissance and that one got under my skin in a way that few horror comic books have. Yeah. Uh, anybody listening doesn't know, the premise is a group of friends who some know each other well, some don't, but they all have one mutual friend get invited to this nice house on the lake. And while they're there, uh, they check their phones, they check the news and a catastrophic apocalyptic event has occurred. And somehow they're the only ones who have survived. And the, I don't want to spoil it, but the description of that post-apocalyptic event was truly horrifying yeah, yeah. I, I remember sitting and reading it and like my skin was crawling it's i ah i need visceral. to read it i need to read dude, it dude it's, so God, it's great yeah it's great brian that's that's kind of like in a very similar feel like that's why i chose the me love in the dark is because yes that book is just icky creepy you know like <laughs> feel uncomfortable and like where the nice house on the lake was just horrifying yes the meal of the dark made me feel i thought that was really good how scott young the writer was able to the the premise of that book is uh this it takes first off it takes place in the middle uh middle east uh universe if anyone ever read uh scott um scott young's middle east uh that's really good but it takes place in that universe uh this artist she's trying to get inspiration again she had a really good uh really popular event and she needs to have another follow-up event and she needs more pieces so she goes out in the middle of nowhere finds this big house and kind of rent it to try to give her more uh room and space to for the creative juices to flow and it turns out the house uh falls in love with her or at least the being inside the house and she falls in love back and unfortunately you don't really know what that being is and neither does she um but that's what i'm saying it made me feel so creepy and icky and uh it was it was cool that that book made me feel that way it was really really well written holy uh, corona's drawing of the creature too yeah, is yeah. That gives that's so the good. stuff that gives you nightmares. It's like a weird yeah. horror romance at the beginning, and then all of a sudden takes a terrible turn. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I'm also behind, but I've also really liked Eat the Rich. Oh yeah, Eat the Rich is ridiculously good. Yes. Super needs more people need to read that book. Um, Stray Dogs, which is what we we talked about, right? We talked about Stray Dogs at sure. least. Uh, just it's five issues. It's awesome. There's a new spinoff that came out. I haven't read that. Like, I cried at the end of Stray Dog, and I I, t- I made a TikTok right after I like as I like my face is still wet with tears. I'm like, you guys <laughs> gotta go watch Stray or read Stray Dogs, and like it is how oh, that final issue. Um, I know it's it's, it's so it's, it's super too good. much, man. Like I was like, oh my god, I couldn't take it. 
<laughs> something we talked about, I think, when Ambrosia was on comic book or comic doc uh, last, is that like these are really good gifts. Yeah. Like, like gift a comic yeah. book. Like, yeah. I did a Secret Santa for my for my my play people because we were in a play and we do Secret Santas every year for our play, and um, I got uh, my Secret Santa or person. If I'm the Secret Santa, then she's the secret whatever. Uh, I got her Wonder Woman Historia, the first book. Talk about a work Good. of art. Good mm-hmm. choice, sir. I was like, I was like, I, I told her, I was like, I don't know, because she works for Marvel. My friend works for Marvel. Oh, wow. And I was like, she I was do? like, uh, she works for Marvel, um, the video game. Uh, so her, oh, her, cool. her name is on Spider-Man and like Miles Morales and like her oh. name's in the credits. Nice. So, that's so cool yeah that's super impressive. And so like she's marvel and i and i i told her i was like look i know this is dc but like i don't know how you <laughs> get all fired and stuff but like it's really good and she's like she's like yeah uh her boss calls dc the distinguished competition that's like yes. the old, that's like <laughs> that's the old the classic, way, yeah like classic thing and like where it's a sign of respect but like she i i gave it to her and i was like it's just amazing, and you just gotta you just gotta read it. Ridiculously good, beautiful. Book I have all been around. reading comics for. I did the math recently. I've been reading them for about almost twenty years of my life now. In about when I turn thirty-five, it'll be twenty years. I have never seen artwork like Wonder Woman Historia. It's so it is, beautiful. Yeah, I, and yeah. and I feel like the the story itself has been getting lost in the conversation. I think the story itself is also phenomenal. Um, it's a really powerful uh, gut punch primal scream against the patriarchy, um, yeah. and it is delivered in this this aesthetic package that is just breathtaking. Like every yeah. page could be blown up and put in a museum. It is an yeah. incredible work, and if oh. you haven't read it, you should. I just love so much how much Wonder Woman has evolved from what mm. the masses have known her yeah. to be, um, and over the years, just how much I mean and then even going back to like Nubia and like the Amazons and stuff yeah. like yeah that whole series of, it's a good series mm-hmm, yeah. and just how much like Wonder Woman is more than just Wonder Woman but like her whole history and like the Amazons and just everything about it is just incredibly beautiful you know what I love about Wonder Woman canon it what it, it doesn't hinge completely <laughs> on Diana Whereas right. old yes. Wonder Woman canon was this one woman will save the world, this one woman will save women. Current Wonder Woman canon is we, like, <laughs> I was about to say we women, we are all powerful. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. For it. From, their, from the book and the canon's point of view is that women are all powerful in their own ways, and with that power uh, comes great responsibility. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, with that great power, sticking together, standing up for each other against the injustice, injustices of the patriarchy is super mm-hmm. important. Like, the fact that, like, Wonder Woman's not just the only Wonder Woman. Hippolyta's a Wonder Woman. Artemis yeah. is a Wonder Woman. Uh, Nubia is a Wonder Woman. And that, like, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, but, like, the soul of, we- uh, the well of souls in the Nubia yes. series and yeah. the fact that like women that die uh, that die get reborn to essentially live out the actual potential of their life, yeah. you know, um, it's it's strong shit. It's 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 heavy shit. Yeah. Women who die of violence. Women who die like 
the the amount of people in this world, you know, women or not, that 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 because of the current structure of the world, it cuts people off at the knees. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and like people don't get to realize their full potential because of the system of the world and the way that's set up. Uh, Nubia talks about Wonder Woman. Historia talks about like this current stuff. I don't know. It's strong shit. No, it and what's been really cool is that we've been seeing that more and more throughout comics like marvel voices uh the uh shoot what was the other oh uh, i know michael and i talked about this the united states of captain america uh, yeah. and stuff like one like someone who we like frame as being a hero but we can't be that hero because like he's the hero he's like the stereotypical hero um but then just like going in and analyzing everyone's strengths and weaknesses and realizing that everyone has like that power within themselves um i think we've seen more recently than we have in the past right yeah and it was a long time coming but i feel like these last two years dc finally realized hey if wonder woman is part of this trinity she should have or at least her mythos should have just as many books as superman and batman have yeah yeah the fact that we have like four batman books or more than four we had 15 batman (laughs) books a month and like four superman books and one wonder woman book for so long was ridiculous right i also i also think that it like just from from her her beginnings you know she was created she was a character created from uh a, a person that actually respect seemed to respect women in a time where that wasn't a wasn't a thing and so like i i feel that her she's one of my top five favorite superheroes of all time is wonder woman and i love that i feel like it's her like kind of like her character's responsibility her mythos responsibility to kind of like take on that mantle a little bit um not even a little bit i think a lot and i think there's a lot of responsibility to that but it needs needs to be done and yes brian i completely agree it hasn't been until recently that they've really like leaned into that ridiculously hard she she kind of has been but she always seemed to rely or like be softened by the male counterparts around her and that's just not a thing anymore and by soften it doesn't mean you don't need to be like um uh ridiculously like fighting punching hardcore like killing everybody kind of thing which she <laughs> is perfectly able to do um as a character but like being able to able to uh have a conversation with everybody able to identify with everybody and i love the amazon's perfect way to do that because they have such a different um so many diversity in different community which in on their island which i think is really really cool but i think we need more of that like even in society like right now we need first off we need more uh female creators as well i was trying to think of more that i like because we were talking about ambrosia i was like there's still not even nearly enough and no so, like it's we have a good like i think it, they're getting more out there and everything but this industry is still heavily um male yeah yeah i mean again and heavily white male as, yes. we, as we see on our on our in our books there's anthology books that i do want to touch on um there there's been a lot of um, specific anthology books there's marvel voices books which I think three of them came out: Pride, Communidades, and what's the Asian? The uh, that was called something, right? That was, uh, was that was yeah. There was one focus on on black heroes as well. Um, was it? Yeah, yeah, because yes. it had like there Black Panther. Uh, yeah, there was one on that one too. I forget what that one was called. But I was talking to Manny about this too, and he he liked that. He said that was cool, and, and and it made me think about it too. It's a good first step. Like it's a good yeah. first step, but like just having one issue every once in a while, especially because they were uh, yeah. written and drawn by characters in the in, in in people of those communities, which is great. But like, then let's go somewhere with it. 
Like we, right. he hasn't seen anything else that follows from those. And uh, Manny was saying that that was very frustrating for him. And then that got me thinking about it too. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're right, man. Yeah. You're completely right. Why haven't we launched something off the, off these any one shots? Don't just throw it out and be like, look what we did. Right. Man, we're good now. That's like, like one of my biggest frustrations is that like they use it as like a little like check mark of mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. we did our part. But like being able to see those characters like represented and having those creators have uh, the freedom to do that, I think is, uh like the real step in change so like that yes this was you know we're we're getting there but like to have them regularly without like specifically making it known uh having it more than just a check like their little check mark but we also had one about like the indigenous people um because what was it uh wolf uh the werewolf one uh Yes, thank you. Um, that was created also by like the Black IP character, not character song. Music uh, we're, taboo. We're yes, oh, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Wait, yeah. taboo. Oh, taboo. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we had uh, Marvel voices that had to do with um, uh, native uh, indigenous people, um, and yeah. then we had one uh, surrounded about the um, black characters and. Right. Uh, voices and yeah so yeah, we're I getting there to see but... them try to spin off more actual series with those creative teams because you have your your bigger names like shang chi the shang chi book right now i think is excellent that's a yeah. really slept on book um but you know there's tons of other characters like <laughs> this is a thing that drives me nuts about marvel is they they always try to chase the mcu in the wrong way why is there no jimmy woo book right now Everybody loves yes. Jimmy Woo. Give Jimmy Woo a solo series or bring back Agents of Atlas and have him prominently featured in the front of that. Like there are all these things. Yeah. Why does Monica Rambeau not have a series currently? There are all these ways they try to chase the MCU, but then they don't go for the things that fans I think would actually respond to if you're like, hey, if you liked Monica and WandaVision, here's a great series you could pick up that features her. I think I have a theory about that. I think my theory about Marvel is because they have so much synergy, they don't want to release a new series a couple months before and have it, or like release a new series, have it get canceled a couple months before the, the, Mm. the, the show comes out. For example, Blade, why doesn't he have his own series? I think they're waiting. I think they're waiting for Blade to uh, have his show. Oh, sorry. Or his movie. Um, I think, uh, like, yes, I think th- those, those are really good points as well. But I think the driving factor in all this that I think a lot of people don't think about too much is is that their businesses, they're going to do what's ever going to be best for the, their bottom line, like AT&T and Disney. They're going to do right. whatever whatever's going to make them the most money. Right. Um, so realistically, whenever they try something new and they see a dip in sales, because most of the prominent people are reading are still white dudes, like... Hmm they don't seem to like that for some reason and they see a dip in sales and so oh no that's not what people want let's go back to this other thing but like so we need to get more of different types of people reading comics if we get more different types of people reading comics they're going to be buying more if they buy more the company's like who cares like the big comparing companies don't really care what they're putting out they just want to see what's money so if we want to see these things we need to be buying and supporting these businesses right right which is why we need to support those those comic shops right because yeah, they're, they're the ones buying the most most shout out, issues and shout out to comic shop locator.com um uh if if you don't know what comics are around in your area what shops are around in your area go to www.comicshoplocator.com 
and uh, 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 find out because we got to support our local comic shops. Which I think, uh, I mean, there's a reason why I also, so Marvel Voices, I have all of those in my classroom because mm. of like, I don't know, if we start teaching them young and trying mm -hmm. to get more than just the male, the white male uh, clientele, uh, then hopefully that's what drives the sales of other things besides the typical characters that we have. Yeah. Blade, though, I think is, a, is, is an obvious choice because, dare I say, when we, when we, if we, do take, if we take race into account here, uh, the same audience that's out there buying Milestone comics will still buy uh, Blade. Blade won't stay because he's black. I think Blade is the most prominent or one of the most prominent black characters out there. And thus, I think black readers would support Blade. Now, if you made a Night Thrasher comic, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like Blade yeah, no, totally. would. No, I, think... I, 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 see your, I see what you're saying, Dimitri. And, but like... From strictly a numbers point of view, like yeah. I, I see these things. I see I do a lot of research on what's what's going on in like sales and what di demographics are buying what. Yeah, it's still heavily white men. I and agree. so you you could you could say that a, a, a blade comic wouldn't fail, but it's not doing the numbers that these big parent companies right. want to do. That is they need milestone to be doing. Doing well. What are the, how are those milestone comics doing? The static one is. The rest are not. Blade is a kid to static, right? Yeah, Static and Blade, I think, have similar brand recognition because, I mean, Icon and Rocket and the Hardware, but I love all three of the As Milestone do I. Books. It's such an underrated book but series. Like, yeah. Icon and Rocket and Hardware don't have the same level of brand recognition, no. even though both those books are excellent. Static has a whole media empire. It's got the cartoon. Like, right. people respond to that. But it's also frustrating because, Mike, I, I understand that you're talking about this from, like, the business perspective yeah. that, you know, the number crunchers do because yeah. they look at demographics. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, white people read superhero comics that aren't just white people of course <laughs> you know and it's frustrating uh, part, that the, the suits that. don't see that well part, yeah there's yeah, a part of there's them a do. good core of people yeah, who I, just I, want I white straight nails yeah, i want yeah. i wanted to i love storytelling i wanted i want a different variety of story all the time i'm yeah. always trying to read something new and if we continue to have the same things all the time then right. we're gonna have the same story like from just a basic basic uh storytelling point of view but like i also want other people to enjoy these comics. So I have, first off, also from a self point of view, so I have more people to talk to about these things. <laughs> I like talking to people about these comic books, and they were such important to me, and they gave me such like confidence and hope. And it, a lot of it really kind of like showed me different ways of thinking and and what what is what what should be good and what you know how should I be as a person kind of thing. And I think that's very important. And so like, but you need to see yourself in a comic book. Like you need to see yourself in the character and. A lot of people aren't seeing themselves in these combo characters. Right, mm. right. And um, I agree with that. I agree, but unfortunately, until until you know, until a big company decides who cares about profit, let's just continue to put out a book because it's a good thing to put out. Yeah. And I see DC doing that a little more. DC mm -hmm. does that; they hang on a little more than the Marvel does, unfortunately. Um, when it comes to sales point of view, I want to. I want them to take a risk on it and just keep going. And I feel like if they just they always turn back at the last minute. And I like, if you just hang on a little longer, it'll, it'll start going back up, especially right. if you put a good creative team on it. And, but unfortunately the two big companies, and I'm not saying it's DC or Marvel, it's, it's AT&T and Disney. It's, yeah. they, that's all they, that's all they look at. And so right. if you want to keep the book, you gotta go, everyone has gotta go out and buy it. Right. <laughs> that being said, I also think that shops, there need, we need, we need more shops. 
Um, we need more shops, especially in low-income neighborhoods. We need shops yeah. in, for instance, uh, I live, uh, it's not even, it's not even like, uh, my area is not low income, but like Irvine is, is middle to higher income, uh, primarily Asian. And we need, I don't even, I don't know what shop is in Irvine. Like, yes, you do. Wait, what shop's in Irvine? Oh, sorry, but right next to Irvine. Oh, it's next to Irvine. Yes, you you know yeah, Conquest. Conquest, <laughs> is in, Conquest is in Lake Forest, which yes is next to Irvine, but like also like the heart of Irvine. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like let's reach out to the yeah, demographics that we don't know. There's one. There's one in Tustin. Sorry to okay. get super specific, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, small section. Talk about inside baseball, inside yeah. SoCal, just like. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, no, your point, yeah. exactly, exactly. Like, but I mean, it's it's hard nowadays to compete with any and it's online not shops kind of thing. Fault. Shops are hard, struggling uh -huh. to stay afloat. But I think mm -hmm. that somebody like AT and T or Disney should create their own shops to push that product. I think at the end of the day, they're gonna like before the before COVID happened, there was a huge downswing in in single issue sales. And from what I was talking about from the people that are, you know, in the distributor end and the yeah. actual creation of Comic Again, they're like, we're not getting orders from these big companies anymore. Like I had a feeling that DC, especially AT&T was gonna get rid of actually printing DC comics and like lease out their characters. We would see like a Batman book leased out in Marvel or right there IDW because no. Disney already does that. Disney has yeah. uh, Disney books in IDW, yeah. which is another comic company, which they own mm -hmm. Marvel. Why don't you put your Disney books in there? It's just cheaper to do it that way. Mm -hmm. And so, but, but because of COVID, there was a huge increase in, in comic sales, both single issue and trade paperbacks. And so they're like, let's just push more forward. And they, so then we got an increase in uh, the, the types of uh, books that were being put out. Uh, but before COVID, they, it, there was a huge drop and people were getting scared. Yeah, and then also they changed distribution, right? Yeah, yeah. That also, that's also what they were able to get out of their exclusive contract with Diamond. And so, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Okay. But and I, I want think... it. I want more. I'm, I hate to be the pessimist of it because I want to be wrong and all this. I really do. Well, you got the I... numbers on your side. That's the thing. Right. You see it from a whole different lens. We see it from like our little hearts that just want to spread comic love. Right. Like, <laughs> you see it from like the business side, which you're the same person as well, but you actually see it from like the business side of things um, and like the truth of it all, which is like the financial piece of it, which we don't see, which is a bittersweet thing because I say this all the time, my head is up in the clouds and I live in my own little world of rainbows and butterflies and like, I don't want another reality. I wish everyone could live in their own family, but I <laughs> uh, do, like, I, I want them uh, so um, But yeah, so, but I think that's like why I love so much our little TikTok community that we found because that is our, all of our mission is just to bring comics to people and to keep this industry going. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's the goal with this, right? It's, 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 we're not making money off of this show, but like the goal <laughs> no. is to like create that passion to the like, like stoke that fire. There's a really good TikTok community of comic book readers and, and, um, um, um creators and like, you know, uh, there are people out there. I see a lot of Gen Z kids getting really into X Men, like yeah. really into X Men, and I think it. I personally think it's because of queer representation uh, in, in X Men, and like not only queer representation in X Men, but also X Men being allegorical, right? Yeah. Um, for for these things, and so like comics aren't dead. They're not dying. They're gonna continue 
they're going to stay strong, if not get stronger, because of this synergy and reaching new audiences. And the fact that, like, like you know, back in the day, like, people used to say, like, yeah, comic books, they're, uh, uh, you know, that's a white thing. Or comic books, that's a kid thing. It's like, kid it's thing, always yeah. a something mm-hmm. thing. But, like, no, I mean, in, in, in communities of color, it's like, eh. It's not always, but there are a lot of people of color that read comic books. It just depends, right? But like, it's not a kid thing. It's not a white thing. It's not a a, a, a man thing. Let's just say, like a like a it's that's a boy thing as opposed to a girl thing. But now, it's not like it wasn't the case back then, and it's not the case now. And it's going to continue getting stronger. And There's like, a comic for everybody. There's a comic. There a yes. Comic for you know. Uh, Agreed. Now, is there a comic community for everybody? I would hope so. I would hope so. If not, start it. If not, start it. Right. That's why I started TikTok. I didn't have a community. So I was like, there has to be someone out there too. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously, like all you guys, like Ambrosia, you bring in such like a light to this community, which is phenomenal. Like everyone feels comfortable talking with you because you get so excited about everything, which is great. And then Ryan, like the way you talk about comics, the language you use, like just first off educates people in a way that almost no one on tiktok does and like your perspective on it is phenomenal and i think we need more of it so please never stop and dimitri how you can bring everyone together like i can go on and on about every (laughs) single tiktok creator on there and you guys i i'm I'm trying to i'm not trying to get mushy about anything but brought me out of a very (laughs) dark place before that's why i started got on it and because i needed some way to connect with people and i found you guys and it's been really great and it's been really phenomenal i i love every single one of you guys it's been great and michael you, you do Mike. you do great work yourself man like none of you guys would be on this show if i thought you guys were mediocre let me just put it that way right <laughs> like you guys you can guys... you tell that to my mom <laughs> yeah can you email all of our mothers please I don't... can you tell <laughs> them that like i'm not mediocre do that. i don't know what the paid respect means like, oh my you know we, let's just let's just email each other's moms how about yeah, that let's just email my mom moms. you know my mom needs an email everybody's moms needs emails you know um well, we'll and, and i'll say to mike to return the compliment like your your enthusiasm is just so infectious like i i remember when i first started my tiktok i think you were one of the first people that i i followed in the early days of it and i what i appreciate so much about what you do with it is that you make people whether you realize it or not feel safe going to a comic book store because you are a realtor you're someone who sells comics and i think for a lot of people their image of comic book salespeople are like comic book guy from the simpsons or like pretentious gatekeepers and i think what you have done is single-handedly in many ways uh uh done very positive pr for the comic book seller community and being someone who is welcoming and open to people and helpful and gives great recommendations is just enthusiastic about i think i would have started comics a whole bunch a whole like sooner if there was a michael at my comic book store or like (laughs) like we just need to have you at like every comic book store so everyone feels like safe going in no i appreciate okay. that but yeah i want that for every comic store like that's kind of the point of all this like so people can feel safe and feel safe going to comic stores and they don't feel like they're being ridiculed or their their thoughts and opinions don't matter like it's the person that's running the store's thoughts and opinions that really matter you should follow these books no it's what you want to read just pick up a book and read it it's great you you and if he's still out there listening you and marvelous johnny are yeah he's great he is another one him and manny the, uh, those two are also really the great. profile of uh, love manny comic book salesman yeah 
Yeah, Marvel's yeah. Johnny is, is amazing. He like he's so cool. Yeah, the only reason I haven't had Marvel's Johnny on the on the show is because uh, he has his podcast at the same exact time. <laughs> oh. Why don't like, you guys ah. do a joint podcast one one Thursday? Ooh, yeah. 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 What is this? A yeah. crossover episode? Yeah, do a there crossover episode. Dude, Crisis on Infinite podcast. Yeah. You yeah. just have like 20 different boxes on the screen. Like, just have everyone. <laughs> That'd be great. I do want to uh, continue doing what we're doing and then expand this a little bit more and like spread the love a little bit more and like continue to connect with people. Because again, the people that like you guys, uh, Manny, Albert, uh, you know, like everybody who's on the con- on, on Comic Talk, like none of you guys are mediocre. You guys are really good at what you do. You guys have that passion. Uh, you guys have the knowledge you know uh uh you guys do the work and it's like you're not here yeah you're not here because i need to fill the spots because i got other people i can fill the spots with, right like <laughs> like you guys are here because you guys are you guys you know and that's important thank you man uh, we appreciate you dimitri like you are truly though. like Absolutely. the reason why i've met half the people that i have that's like, not a joke though that's, Ambrose is correct. like a hundred percent that's yeah. the goal right creating those connections um also sorry and i'm talking about passion and knowledge or whatever it's just that, like, you guys are good people. Because that's what's also missing. That's where we're talking about, like, the like there are comic shops out there that are not welcome. No, yes. Right? There's there's some toxic ones that, ugh. Right. Just boil my blood. And I was like, Wait, you are yeah. ruining it for everybody. What are you doing? Really? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are mean ones? Oh, yeah. There's still, like, there's still ones that have, like, mentality. Especially a lot of them, hopefully a lot of them are dying out. I'm, I'm not trying to say hopefully. That's the terrible thing to say. I'm sorry. But, like, a lot of them that have, like, older owners that like grew up through like the 80s that are you know there were adults in the 80s and still own shops like older owners like a lot of those ones i tend to see have unless unless they're the only exception i've ever had was the shop i worked at those those comic quest don everyone are simply amazing people they're great but typically what i've noticed is like they seem to have like the old, old mentality of like yeah uh, this is a car thing. Little known fact, we haven't said it already. The Keeg used to film out of the comic shop that Michael used to work at. Shut up. Oh, That's so cute. Yeah. Like, like, it, but Michael and I only got to get to know each other really. I know. During it's TikTok weird. era. <laughs> it was cool. It's so cute. I love it so much. So, like, yeah. uh, uh, but like, Comic Quest and Lake Force is really good. Comic Hero U and Fullerton is really good. Um, yeah. And, like, there are really good comic shops out there. And, like, Look, comic talk's not over. We're gonna we're gonna do another, uh, you know, more episodes, episodes weekly, right? Like, like yeah. th- this is a this is a battle that we fight, or, you know, where it's like we're on the front lines, everybody. On the front lines. <laughs> um, but like, no, we're doing our best, not only to create good content, but like to spread that love, because uh, yeah. uh, it doesn't cost anything to create like a passion in someone or like stoke mm-hmm. a passion in someone, and so. Uh, comic books are important to us and we're trying to show to other people how they can be important to other people and uh so thank exactly. you guys for being a part of that exactly i think this is what my heart needed to start off 2022 so thank you for that <laughs> like i can't even tell you like how twitter painted my my little heart is right now because like <laughs> this is just amazing you guys i'm just super grateful to have <laughs> this little community me too it's, it, thank it's you, been Brenda. it's been fun although it, it seems like 10 years it seems like, oh. like this last year seems like so long. Uh, Comic Talk started, I think, in oh end of March, beginning of April. And we've been doing, for the most part, wow. weekly weekly shows. 
since then. That's, um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's commitment, man. Uh, uh, and well, you also do six shows a week, dude. I know. Yeah, you're you have like, a whole lineup, way. sir. You did you two today. You had like a back-to-back show, <laughs> and I was like, Wait, I'm am dying. I- I'm dying. And you got to do the Disney Plus shows in the afternoon. You have to stop doing them first thing in the morning. I don't I'm have worried time, about though. <laughs> That's the thing, because I'm hosting trivia three nights a week now. And oh i got to be able to, like, have, like, Who make money. You? I know. Like, <laughs> I need to clone him or something. Just, like, life and, like... So it sucks. When I get a nice This is why everyone job, needs to go to the Keek Patreon. Yeah, so oh, Dimitri here we, can get some sleep. Go to the Keek Patreon, yes. everybody. I, 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 do have a, I do have a slide. If you go to patreon.com slash the Keeg show, um, it'll it'll help uh, a lot. You could subscribe. We got some like cool goodies like answering questions in personalized videos and like putting a little um, list of, of, of contributors at the end of every episode so you can have your name out there at the very least. We also have a tier that has Keeg merchandise. I want to make shirts. I'm going to send uh, some to you guys. Like I, I, I want to make like Keeg merchandise and like do that sort of thing. So and like, then one of them is going to say the Keeg says I'm more than mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if that's what to. you need, Ambrosia, you are, yeah. you are more than mediocre. You are more than mediocre. You guys are, you guys are, you guys are top, uh, top notch people. So. Top uh, shelf. I love it. You know. Uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Uh, thanks for talking about um, um, the best of the best comics of 2021. Uh, this you? show used to be just an all-encompassing best of 2021, and we would never get to the comic portion. And I'm like, now that's its own thing. You know, we already talked movies and TV on the previous uh, show. We're, we talked comics on this. So thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Um, uh, uh, Michael, uh, what is your social media? Where can we find you? You got any plugs? I don't know if you got planned for 2022, but now's your time. Sure. Um, my handle is uh, For the Love of Comics. I'm on uh, TikTok's my big one. And then I have uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook as well. I I just recommend, I try to build communities just like you do as well. Try to show amazing books that are out, uh, spotlight and highlight different cool books, new ones, old ones, recommends wherever you should start, where you enjoy, whatever. And then funny stuff too. I like to throw silly stuff out there too. But um, I'm doing these uh, TikTok lives with people about... Um, uh, meet your nerd talk mutual and so that's what i'm calling them and i've done three so far ambrosia was uh today as well that was just really really fun and so that's really really cool i like doing those things uh, i have another one coming up next week so watch out for that awesome. did i almost throw up yes i did i don't know why i was so nervous i was like shaking <laughs> and i'm like sweating i'm like oh my god i can't no. what happened did people I didn't make even know. no <laughs> i've just never gone tiktok live before oh and i was like yeah, I, oh my god oh my god great. <laughs> It was, okay. it was so funny because I had started before you and you were you were trying to get on oh. and I was just sitting there and everyone was there and I was just like hmm anyways Ambrosia should be on soon I was, having- <laughs> I was entertaining the crowd I was being a very good MC. it was uh, fun it was great yeah no I'm sorry no no it was good it was fantastic thank you for doing that with me appreciate it Ambrosia where can we find you what do you got coming up um let's see you can find me on TikTok at comics and cupcakes um, and Instagram and Twitter at Ambrosia underscore Linda. Um, and then my podcast is coming back out again, which is comic book history lessons. Um, and then anywhere on Scout Comic social media, uh, I'm their social media manager. So go ahead and go that way. Awesome. And that's uh, me. Brian, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? 
Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Captain Comic Rex. That's R E C S, like recommendations. Uh, don't really have anything coming up. Got a baby dropping February seventeenth. That's gonna be great. Like uh, a baby, baby, a baby dropping. Yes, a baby. my wife and I are expecting our first child in February. Yay! Um, so yes, yes. So that's really the only thing I have coming up. Uh, but as always. Make sure you pay your taxes to support your local public schools and get involved. Go to your school board meetings because there's fascists out there trying to get books banned, uh, like yes. the graphic Preach. novels and comics that we love so much. So, yeah, that's my. Hey, I would, man. I would love to show up to like a like a like a school board meeting with like a stack of comic books when they're trying to ban other Do things it. and be like, "Oh, I'm I'm here to donate these books." <laughs> you know. <laughs> No, it's you crazy. Yeah, I, do it. I, I do a segment on those banned comics too on my TikTok. I was going to shout. Yes, I forgot to yeah, shout. Yeah, it's just crazy how segment. many. I just, my last one, I was like, half the books that are banned, the comic books that are banned, are like about women going through puberty and growing up. Like, yeah. It's just mm-hmm. nuts. Like, it's just crazy. Like, they should be the ones reading those. Like, what right. is going on? Mm-hmm. Or like, or like lesbian, like comics that have lesbians where it's like, oh, yeah. how dare a woman choose another woman over me? Any any homosexual content actually. Like, is, so, is, yeah, is, right, right. Yeah. So remember how Michael asked me today if uh like how my school takes like me having comics in the classroom. Um and I'm and I was telling him how like super grateful I am for the school I'm at because they're so open to all that. Like we were on the headlines of the news last year for bringing a drag queen in for career day. Um like we're just very like progressive <laughs> and I adore it so much. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um but sometimes it bites me in the butt because i'll actually bring in a, a deadpool book and, and <laughs> someone will be like uh miss it has a bad word in it and i'm like like you don't say that in the hallway yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i uh yeah we, we're gonna work on that list of that educational list and uh definitely try to get that public and also the list of of safe comic book stores uh, that we can personally vouch for, you know? Um, so definitely, we got a lot, a lot planned for 2022. And that's just like the next couple months. Who knows where we're going to be when, when we come back a year later and talk about best of 2022, right? Oh, boy. I can't wait. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I'm predicting it right now. Yeah. Saga. Saga is coming back in four weeks, baby. Oh, Saga. <laughs> Dimitri, Three years. Dimitri, have you read Saga? Dimitri, have you read Saga? I read a little bit of it, and I, and I stopped, and I need, to, I need to get back to it. I'm okay, sorry. you need to buy them before they're on sale on Amazon right now, the hardcover. Okay. So you need to get them and then you can read them on your flight when you're in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, too good. Can't wait. Uh, possibly. Possibly. We'll 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 see. Uh, That's if you don't get COVID and you can't make it. Oh man. If I yeah, I'm gonna need to bring a book with me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say bring it there and I get stuck there for an extra 14 days. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I hope for anyone out there watching this, uh, please, please hope that I do not get that because then I have to cancel Keen shows uh, in the meantime, you know? So, uh, you know, we do what we can. Uh, but thank you, Michael. Thank you, Ambrosia. Thank you, Brian, for being a part of this uh, show, Comic Talk, and then also being part of the best of 2021. Thank you to the audience out there. If you're watching us live, you are watching us on twitch.tv slash the Keen show or volume.com slash the Keen show. We're on multiple streaming platforms as well as YouTube and Facebook. And if you're listening to the podcast, we are wherever you get your podcast from. So we're talking Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio.
Also, if you want to donate and be part of the subscription tier, it's not just donations. You get stuff out of it. Patreon.com slash The Keen Show. Uh, that would be, uh, uh, you know, tis the season. You, you know, uh, right now it's uh, January 1st. Uh, help uh, donate to The Keen, and all proceeds go to The Keen. Uh, and then also we're on uh, TikTok, we're on Instagram and Twitter, at The Keeg Show, T-H-E-K-E-E-G-S-H-O-W. Definitely go follow us there. Um, either way, uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Thank you so much to the audience out there uh, for listening and watching. Uh, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. Go follow Michael, Ambrosia, and Brian on social media. And uh, yeah, peace out. Uh, we'll see some of you guys uh, for Comic Talk this Thursday and every Thursday after that. Take care, everybody. Bye. Super fast, gotta beat the boss and get the loot, cause it's the king.